2: Fans and welcome back to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number sixty-four here on Monday, January eighth, two thousand eighteen. I am Joe Morata. This is the unpredictable Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael?
3: Howdy, Duty. Howdy, Duty. Howdy. How's your year been so far this first week? Well, there was probably a match that was really highly rated <laughs> in yes. Japan. Wrestle Kingdom. So, that's right. Yeah, the Kingdom k- of Wrestling. Uh, yes. It, that's where all the kings reside of wrestling.
2: <laughs> that's right. At the Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, lots of uh, good matches. Yeah. Exactly, Dave. Yep. Folks, thank you so much for being back with us here on the Kingdom of Retro Wrestling as we romp through a lot of romping. A royal romp.
3: <laughs> a royal romp, if it's you will. It's a really royal <laughs> month if you think about it because Wrestle Kingdom, Royal Rumble. Royal. <laughs> 25 coming up in a few royal days. Royal Raw 25. Yeah, Royal Raw 25. <laughs> and folks,
2: before we get to any of our Royal topics for today, I just want to remind you of a few things. You can reach us, if you haven't yet, on the Twitter. Follow us at OVP Podcast. There's great things there that you would normally find on Twitter. Uh, you know, tweets. Yeah, the, the tweeters. <laughs> it's yeah. really great time. And you can also email us if you have the long-form type of questions. You can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is O- vppodcast at gmail.com. But, Quinn, one of the things that's been really hot during this very cold month has been our
3: Facebook group. Why don't you tell the fans at home about that? It's the hottest uh, location (laughs) on Facebook. (laughs) It is. If you go to facebook.com. Yes. I said it right this time. You did. Yeah, if you go to facebook.com. Foot. Uh, you could go over there. You could search our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast and you'll find the group. You hit join. We let anybody in mm-hmm. and you can come on, talk about the wrestling, the That's old right. wrestling. Yep. We allow the new wrestling. We do. Right? Uh, we're not, we're not and exclusive. If you like the wrestling, come talk about the wrestling on our wrestling board.
2: That's right, and we got a really nice compliment, and this is a selling point, I think, maybe if you're hesitant on joining, like, I don't know, should I join? Yeah, I think you should, because I don't know if it was Mick Price or one of our fans out there, said that one of the best things about it is it's very positive. Yeah. We're not there to bitch about everything. Uh, not that you do that if you want to, but that's not what we do in our Facebook
3: feed. We don't group. even have to moderate it that no. much for that thing. I, I don't really see a lot of negative stuff other than, like, amputated feet. But... <laughs> that's David Van Antwerp yeah. and a few
2: others. But, uh, so hit join a be a great time promise that you just be yourself bring your questions don't worry about what you know and what you don't know we're not there to match knowledge or anything hey, like that
3: I prefer it if people come on and they don't know and they ask the question because yeah. that's what we're here for we're here to we're, help you out we're here as a group to help each other out that's so, right hey I, I don't know this retro thing I can't find it Mm-hmm. You know, you could go on in there and ask. Yeah. And and by,
2: by no means do Quinn and I profess to be experts of any kind. I mean, we've got people like Richard Land is there, yeah. who is awesome wealth of information. Scott Keith yeah, as a member, and even a couple of notable people like uh, David Penzer and Chris Cruz from yeah. WCW were there. It's it's a fun time,
3: folks. So Jameson, yeah, Jameson's <laughs> there. I mean, if you want to ask him about the Bobby Heenan show, yep. <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't mind telling you no, about he it. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. So that's our Facebook group. Make sure to join that.
2: Another thing is uh, if you're listening on SoundCloud, maybe that's how you found us for some reason. You don't have to listen to us on SoundCloud. We are available on all of those podcasters out there, especially Apple
3: Podcasts. Quinn, yes, Apple Podcasts, where you can subscribe and it dumps the. Pod- podcast into your thingy every yep. week if you have the podcast app yep We're on google play music stitcher mm-hmm. Otto, otis uh, codis and, <laughs> and codis and all the places where the podcasts are that's right various <laughs> podcast retailers out there yeah. near yeah. you uh and, at and o- if they don't carry it
2: make sure they do that's right the like coliseum it. video yeah <laughs> and at ovppodcast.com you can find the remainder of our things. We have a lot of things. One thing I want to make note of is our YouTube channel. We have uh, exclusive video content there. You know, live reviews from back in the day. Uh, sometimes live chats will do certain
3: things yeah. there. And I want to say this. You know, you can get there on the website. It's not on the top. It doesn't say YouTube, but there's like a YouTube like symbol on the right yeah. side of the page. Yep. So you know how to get the Facebook, too. There's a Facebook symbol. So you can get to the Facebook group from there as well.
2: That's right. And... On our website, you will find a link to our Patreon.
3: Yes, account. Patreon.
2: Now on Patreon.com slash OVP podcast, we have exclusive rewards. Uh one of which, for two bucks a month tier, you get weekly audio commentaries of us reviewing like uh, basically doing commentary of a match,
3: any random match on the WWE network. Yeah, and you can sync it up with you know, We'll give you the time code and everything mm-hmm. on the show, and you, know, you just sync it up, and you can watch along with us. Yes, that's right. And if you add a dollar more to your contribution, not only do you get the commentaries, you get the once-a-month live video reviews of 1982
2: WWF. That's right. That's where we're going through the year, 1982, the year that Vince McMahon Jr. purchased Capital Wrestling Corp. Uh, with Titan Sports, and wrestling changed forever as a result. So it's very interesting to watch that unfold in 1982. Right Right now we are in April of 1982. Yes. So it'll be very, very interesting to uh, see how that progresses. And you can find out for just three bucks a month. But anyway, As we move forward here, Quinn, episode number 64, you know, last season we've been mentioning that we did this narrative on how we got to the modern era, so to
3: speak. Yeah, but we finished the wrestling.
2: There's no more wrestling. So what did we decide to do? We decided to do a game show. That's right. That's what you always do when you're done with the wrestling, right? Clearly. (laughs) So we'd like to welcome you back to another edition of Pop the Question uh, with
3: special guest question wheel spinner me. Yes, Joe's (laughs) going to spin the wheel today because my hands hurt from the last wheel spinning. (laughs) Well, it is cold, Quinn. Yeah, I understand.
2: (laughs) Now, folks, this is where we select a question at random from the question wheel. These are fan-submitted questions, and if you would like to submit a question to Pop the Question, just go to our Facebook group or go to our website and go to the suggestion box and submit a question. So I'm going to give the wheel a spin here. All right, Quinn. It has landed on a question from AJ Smith. Aha. Uh-huh. Familiar name around here. Not AJ Styles. No, not AJ Styles. Please elaborate on thoughts and feelings on Dave Meltzer. A match Well, what a coincidence that should come up this week, huh? (laughs) Seriously. Uh, The the week of the Wrestle
3: Kingdom. Yes, the Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, Quinn, you want to start with this one since I spun? Well, uh, Dave Meltzer is a man who likes Japanese matches a lot. He does? Never. Never
0: have I seen three main main events in a row on three nights at Sumo Hall like that.
3: Not only that, he's written The Observer for, what, 30 years now? Oh, yeah, maybe 35, 36. Do you want to elaborate on what The Wrestling Observer
2: is for people? Yeah, The Wrestling Observer was an early newsletter. Um, and I don't know if it was the first. I don't think so. Probably not the first newsletter. There was of wrestling, but, but the, of
3: that kind where there was actual inside yeah. information. Dave Meltzer's great in
2: a lot of ways as a wrestling historian. He is unparalleled. He is probably the best wrestling
3: historian out there. Right. If you want to read good bios, that's the one thing. Yeah, he's exhausted. We, we, we crap on him a lot because of his taste in wrestling and stuff.
0: They're both very good professional wrestlers. They're both great professional wrestlers. They had a very good match.
3: In almost every newsletter I've ever read, he does like a bio section where he Mm -hmm. covers some like obscure wrestler no one's ever heard of. Yes. I'm sure he's covered the big guys too, but it's like these like exhaustive like histories. Correct. And like with actual research
2: done. And that's one thing I will say about Dave Meltzer, like him or hate him. And he is very
3: polarizing. Yeah. You're the most knowledgeable person I've talked to in my life
1: (laughs) next time verne calls me i'm gonna tell him to go shut up i don't want to talk to him anymore i'm gonna talk to dave melcher
3: he
2: is influential whether or not he should be is your own opinion and your own taste but he is extremely influential in the wrestling industry. Right. He is important because of his newsletter that he's been writing for over 35 years where he gives kind of backstage information. That's kind of how this whole thing started. Yeah. He has various people give him house show
3: results that like anyone gives a shit what happened in fucking Omaha. <laughs> yeah, but he's still reports it anyway well, you, that to me that goes back to when people did care about it but it's i think it's funny that he's still on twitter to this day like hey you got house show results send his, him over like, to his
2: juno email account yeah. <laughs> by the way
3: i guess his big planet one got canceled yeah right right um but i think what he does is necessary until somebody can actually like do that because there's going to be there's always going to need to be somebody that documents this shit
2: I agree and the thing with Meltzer is you know outside of his actual journalism credentials which he does have he has a a degree in journalism he's written for other publications he's written for Yahoo right he he doesn't just do wrestling he's done MMA he's covered other sports take it or leave it right Vince Russo also has a journalism degree so let's not be clouding that around right yeah but outside of Dave Meltzer's journalistic integrity which he has some Obviously, yeah, more than either of us.
3: He reports on basically what he hears. Yes, that, and even if it is rumor and hearsay, he still report. He's like, this was said. You and mean like, rumor and innuendo, right? He's all he's saying is like, this was said by somebody, right? And yeah. so much so.
2: It's been parlayed into the number one podcast, like in the history of podcasts or some crap like that, <laughs> called Something to Wrestle. Right, where they Bruce just Richard. read the old ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they read the old ones. And this guy that used to work for Vince, Bruce Pritchard, either says if it was true or not, and they just get fat and make a lot of money doing yeah. that. A two-time. 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 A two-time. Podcast champion of the world. Dude, how about that? We won Podcast of the Year again this week. Whoopity
3: oh, do! which is great and good for everyone involved. But that that me, makes me say, uh, <laughs> sign up for the Patreon because we're going to have one where you, me, I just read the Observer <laughs> to you for yeah, I, four hours and we'll sell motor oil during it. And I just turn
2: down my high frequencies yeah, and respond to you. Okay. But anyway, outside of the journalistic side of it, the other thing Dave Meltzer is even more well-known for and more polarizing and more controversial for is his popularization and continued usage of the star rating system. Now, You've heard of the star rating system. In fact, we did a segment on it way back in episode 30-something. Yeah. The star rating system was invented by Jim Cornette and his childhood friend Norm (laughs) Dooley (laughs) invented this, and Meltzer popularized it. And it's used by countless people, including Quinn and myself in a more facetious way when we do our commentaries. funny
3: enough, I did not know about the Mr. Meltzer over here star rating. I thought this came from Scott Keith, believe it or not, because that was the first time I ever heard of it on Blog of (laughs) Duty. Yeah, of course. And that was like, I'm talking like in the 90s, it was the first time I'd ever heard of it. I didn't know, because I didn't have money as a kid to buy uh, a weekly subscription to a wrestling uh, newsletter. (laughs) No, I totally agree with you, When I first heard of it from
2: Scott Keith also. But here's the thing. Dave Meltzer rates matches Mm -hmm. on his star rating scale, which exceeds, you know, uh, five stars from time to time. Which is more recent.
3: I mean, there recent, was, I guess there was that one in the '90s or something, but that yeah. was like a joke, and, and now it's like become regular for some reason. What I find fascinating, a couple of things. I find it
2: amusing, and I'm sure Dave does as well, that people argue with
3: each other about Dave's ratings. That's crazy to me. Yes, and I've noticed on his Twitter regarding that topic. Yeah, that I I think at this point he's kind of portraying a character. He's regarding so self aware. He knows that yes. it's stupid that people care that much about what he thinks. Of, yes, like it doesn't he make knows. any sense that one person's rating is the end all be all. No, it doesn't, and, and I'm sure he knows that. Yeah, he's been doing this for thirty something years. Like so- I almost <laughs> think he was just screwing with people when he gave that Omega match six stars recently. Six and a quarter. Yeah, like he de- <laughs> like the quarter to me was just, like the that was definitely the like fuck you. This yeah. is hilarious. Like no, I think you're yeah. right. However, here's the other thing. Right. It pisses me off
2: sometimes retroactively seeing that he and he says he doesn't. And maybe it's just me and thousands and thousands of other people. But I could swear he does not rate older, especially WWF stuff as well. Like he hated them from the beginning, I feel
3: like. Yeah, there's there is some weird bias. The problem with a guy with that much influence having a bias Mm -hmm. is that just that, is that it makes everybody else have a bias. Correct. So, like, he rated Hogan
2: Andre negative four stars at WrestleMania 3.
3: Like, even To me, me even, it's like three, maybe. (laughs) It's not good, but it's not like, it's not negative anything. No!
2: Because that's the difference between, and this is where I do have a fundamental problem with the way he sucks the fun, and other people have said this too, right, out of wrestling, is when you're rating Hogan Andre and forget Hogan Andre, when you're rating barbarian Jim Powers <laughs> on an MSG who show, yeah, who cares? Yeah. That's not the point of it. Right. And not every match is supposed to be a five star match. Right. They're all different reasons for different matches, and they're they're booked for different
3: lengths. They're different parts of the show. Different that are, parts of the you know, show, like, right? Like, obviously, like Divas matches in that horrible period or whatever, yeah, where they were just two piss years breaks. Ago. Yes. They were just piss breaks. They were yes. not meant to be, like, five star classics. So right. there's no point in going, like, negative seven stars right. or some bullshit because it's fucking nothing. Like, exactly. it's two minutes long
2: while people aren't even there. Right. And yeah. back and back in the televised house show days, you would have two pasty white guys in like the mid 80s going 20 minutes because it was waiting for people to get into the arena. Right.
3: Because it's at like 730 <laughs> yeah. and like, not not
2: everyone's there yet because they're at they're at work, <laughs> like, it, you know. So in terms of that, Quint, I'd like to ask you, uh, what do you like? We talked about the star ratings in general. What do you think of that aspect of Dave Meltzer,
3: though? And his I think opinions? I think to me. In one sense, it's the most fun aspect of Meltzer. In the other sense, it's the most flawed aspect of Meltzer. Fair. It's fun to a certain extent to, like, after you watch a match you really thought was good, Mm -hmm. to see what Meltzer thought of it. Like, like, if I saw, like, if I watched WrestleMania or something, like, from this year, right? Sure, Roman Undertaker, let's say, right? And after I got done watching it, I was like, oh, I didn't really like that match, or, you know, I think I didn't like it, right? Mm -hmm. I was curious what Dave Meltzer thought of it. Sure. I think he gave it like more than I would have, but like <laughs> he's gotten a little more tender in his right, old age. Right, exactly. And I was just like, "Oh, that stinks!" But you know, I was, you know, after like five minutes, I was like, "Well, who gives a shit?" And mm-hmm. just moved on with my life. And what do you think is flawed about it? Matches that don't matter getting like a really harsh rating, like yeah, cares like exactly. It's like it, unless it's like a highlighted like marquee selling point of mm-hmm. the card. I really don't give a fuck what Dave Meltzer thinks of it. Yeah. <laughs> like Honestly.
2: like That's the thing. Here's the one problem with his degree of influence that I have found. And this will be my final word. And then you can, you know, say your piece, Quinn. Yeah. My problem with his degree of influence is that if he says something's bad, people think it's bad. Right. Just have your own opinion, folks. And that's kind of like what we were referring to in the beginning of the show about the Facebook group. Right. Just have your own damn opinion. If you like big fat guys. Yeah.
3: I mean, fine. Like, whatever. are yeah, my favorite big fat guy matches, too. Yeah, I mean, they're not do. great matches. They're just fun. That's the mm-hmm. whole thing, because I see people on Twitter like, Hey, Dave, I, I want to understand why to like something more. Yeah. Like, if you don't like it, you don't like it. Like, it's
2: not... It, at the end of the day, it is choreographed fake fighting. And yeah. I'm not saying that to demean the wrestlers. I know that, you know, I would never want to do it. Yeah. But at the
3: end of the day, that's what it is, right? Yeah, it doesn't need to be taken so damn seriously. Well, there's two things here. Um, First of all, I think Dave he's influencing tastes to a degree that I don't even think he intended. At this point, I think the the entire internet wrestling community goes by what he says as far as what they like in wrestling. Right now, this brings me to my second point. Sure, here's the problem, and I, I I saw this on a couple of YouTube videos. Some old time wrestlers talking about it Mm -hmm. and they said part of the problem with the business today is that the wrest the wrestlers started taking his opinion seriously and that's where it goes off the rails because if the performers are taking the opinion of some guy that never fucking wrestled and, and instead of like you know, even if you don't like him, Kevin Nash, right? Sure. The guy wrestled in a professional wrestling yes. ring for like twenty five years. And made or a something. lot of money doing yeah. so, despite not trying hard. If, you, if he says this sucks, maybe he sh- you should listen to he him. Made a living out yeah. of it. He knows what the fuck he's doing. But like, that's an interesting
2: point, Quinn. Like, do you think Dusty Rhodes gave a shit what Dave Meltzer thought? No, no. You know,
4: this guy Meltzer is so knowledgeable of this industry. Why has he not? Opened his own territory. Ran his own business.
2: But to the Young Bucks? Yes. You know, does Kenny Omega? Right. But probably even like guys like, forget Japan
3: guys, right? Dolph Ziggler probably does. Guys like that. I think there's guys, a lot of guys in the WWE, like a lot of those guys in the New Day care. Yes, yeah, Seth Rollins probably yeah. cares. We're talking people that are our age or younger. And they're wrestlers. Yes. All they should care about is what their seniors Tell them, yes, like, in terms a, of someone's opinion, yes, guys who work for the company that were in the ring for a long like maybe Arn Anderson, right? For example, Finley, yeah, Finley, guys like guys Hart. make fun of Brett, but Brett Hart, he's Sean wrestled Michaels. in a ring, right? Yeah, and O'Brien, you can make fun of all of them because they're older and yeah. they're old fogies or whatnot, and you they know, wrestled in a different time. I don't like anyone, <laughs> yeah, but they know what the hell they're talking about,
2: <laughs> they do, and that's the only problem. There is that the, and the biggest criticism against Dave Meltzer for the reason anti-Melzer detractors which I get it is that he's never done this and he's sitting there but I don't know does he mean to come across
3: I think he's just pompous I think there's a little bit of it's okay to take into account what he thinks because of this because of what he thinks and his whole influence is what the fans want to see now mm. so maybe you need to like have a yeah. little understanding of like what Meltzer thinks and also because he's watched like a trillion matches or yeah. whatever the fuck, so he might know a little bit. I mean, but that's, that's, true. that's also true. not to say that you should take his opinion on like when to move to this part of the match or something. Right, right. How to actually work a match. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. Know you know what there. I'm saying? Yes. Like that's where you ask Shawn Michaels or somebody yes. <laughs> like who the fuck knows like what they're doing. Right. I would also be
2: remiss before we wrap up here. This was definitely, thank you, AJ Smith. This was definitely a loaded question here. And I'm glad we were able to use the entire pop the question for this because this was worth it. But I I would be remiss, Quinn, if I didn't say that he is a horrible speaker. The
0: other thing, too, is I've seen Asuka and Emma matches, and this was compared to, like, whatever it is, it's like, I kept, you know, I've been watching, like, Asuka matches now for, you know, a couple years (laughs)
3: <laughs> like,
2: well, I know he is, know. um, 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 match, um, um, yeah, you know, uh, uh, ooh, uh, uh. like, he's worse than Shawn I, Michaels. I know,
3: I bear with him when I hear him, because there is, he has something to offer from a knowledge perspective, just from experience, but... I know, but, but he's
2: just brutal to listen yeah. to oh my god between him and Alvarez with yeah. his high pitched voice I don't know I don't like wrestling yeah
3: <laughs> only when I really only click on like YouTube links with Dave Meltzer when it's like a topic where I'm like well this is some backstage shit that I need to I don't know about and he yeah. knows more than I do sure. so I'll, I'll listen to him for five minutes like a- absolutely
2: and I've, I have no issue with that but overall uh, AJ Smith asks us to elaborate we hope that's enough of an elaboration there I think yeah. so I mean I don't like his opinions on wrestling I yeah. think he's
3: snob- it sounds like the both of us, the bottom line is there's, um, but I respect there's good him. and bad aspects. Yeah. We both respect him. Absolutely. Good and bad aspects, and there's a time to listen to him and there's a time to just tune him out exactly and And it's getting to know that as a wrestling fan is to know when to do that
2: there you go Quinn he's the Frasier of wrestling right Yeah. so it's like you you can respect his opinion when it comes to the history of the business predicting trends because he's seen a lot of stuff right and he studies it it's his job when it comes to financials yeah I'm with Meltzer when it comes to business trends and things like that I'm with Meltzer but if he's gonna tell me not to like late 80s WWF right like get out of here yeah i like it because i like it and you can't tell me otherwise (laughs) yeah you know so that's my thoughts quinn is you got anything else uh that's basically it i mean i think we've
3: exhaustively covered uh, (laughs) david Meltzer (laughs) for one day i think so so aj smith so go read the the, observer this week (laughs) and uh pay 250 and get mad that your favorite wrestle kingdom match wasn't uh, 17 stars (laughs) (laughs) and with that we're gonna take a break we'll be back
2: OVP Podcast will return after these brief messages.
0: The one thing that I would never do is go back 20 years and rate a match because I think that like when you go back, I mean it's, it's like like, if I'm watching wrestling now, and I watch something from 20 years ago, everything about wrestling is different now than it was 20 years ago. So if I'm watching with my 2017 eyes a match in 1997 or 1987, and I go, well, it wasn't as good as I remember, it's like, no, you can't say that, because when you were watching it, that's what it was. They, they, the wrestlers are not performing for 2017 fans. They're performing for 1987
4: fans. has left the building.
0: Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best.
2: And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks so much for being with us here. Episode number 64 here on this frosty Monday, January 8th, 2018. Quinn, one thing we didn't mention at the top of the hour here is that we have coming up this Thursday, January 11th, raw 25 ovp style wow yeah it's a big show it's a big show not the big show but well (laughs) hopefully he won't be on it no hopefully not (laughs) but folks we had been asking if you've been paying attention the last few weeks for your favorite and least favorite raw memories because quinn and i need your help we are going to be compiling the mount rushmore and death valley of monday night
3: raw yeah moments matches whatever yeah things spoiler Big show, it might be the worst. <laughs> big no, show I'm, just, and a diaper? I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, big show and a diaper.
2: So we're gonna use your help, and throughout the show, we're gonna hear from our fans. Quinn,
3: we've gotten some great submissions, like Richard Land. <laughs> yes, all the way from Jolly Old England uh scott keith you know <laughs> yeah all the way from jolly old Canada. <laughs> how the hell mick price here <laughs> all the way from jolly old i don't know <laughs>
2: <laughs> and various other fans and yeah. uh obviously the cutoff is now passed for that but we got some great submissions and uh look forward to uh having a little fun with that and Petey, Petey was there of course you know what before we get into the mount rushmore death valley yeah i am sorry guys i forgot there's two shows Quinn and I always shout out. Oh, yes. Sorry about that. We just have so many things to it's cover. It's a that busy, we
3: frosty day. I don't, <laughs> whoo. Whoo.
2: There's two shows. Greetings from Allentown, also known as GF Allentown on Twitter and on Facebook and stuff like that. That's Petey Winston Quinn. Yeah, little, little Petey. Lo- little lonely Petey. <laughs>
3: he does a one-man show, uh-huh. and it's good. Yeah. <laughs> what does he do, Quinn? Um, well, he talks about the old wrestling like we do. What's different? But like show specifically. Ah, like a, okay. a, he picks out a particular show and he goes long form. Yeah, long. talks about the year that yeah. it took, like, When you talk about 1994, and <laughs> you know, you heard it on our show. Yeah. So uh, it's a great show, folks. That's uh, Greetings from Allentown, GF
2: Allentown. Check that out. And our other friends of the show. The kingpin Brian Malonis, independent wrestler, and independent wrestling referee, Mean Mike Crockett. Who's on extended hiatus, don't forget. Extended hiatus. They host a great show called The Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, WPAN. Great show. Yeah, believe it or not, it's not about nothing. No, it's about wrestling. Yeah. And it, it could be anything. It could be yeah. retro. It could be current. It could be an interview. It could be indie. Mm-hmm. Really great. And Malonis has given us a real hard time about not being on the show. Oh, well. <laughs> we'll have him on. We'll He's have busy. him. He's busy. I don't want to bother him. He's a wrestler. He
3: is a wrestler. He might beat us up. We're not wrestlers. No, we are <laughs> certainly not. But you do look like Vince Russo, Quinn. Yeah, I may have booked a territory <laughs> or two, but <laughs> all right. I did so, never wrestled.
2: So, folks, it is time for Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, where each week Quinn and I have put and will continue to put Four of the best of something, anything, onto Mount Rushmore. And four of the worst are going to go down into the hot, horrible desert of Death Valley. And this week's pick was sent in by Bill Yankovi. He corrected yes. us on the pronunciation there. <laughs> the Wrestling Man. I'll just call him the Wrestling Man. That's fine. The Wrestling Man has wanted us to talk about the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... <laughs>
3: Heenan Family Members. Woo-hoo. I like this, this one is a, a lot. Very, very this subject is close to my heart.
4: You know there's an awful lot of controversy always surrounding the Bobby Heenan family. You probably wonder why. Well, you know, anytime you manage winners, anytime you are a winner, anytime you're on top, there's always controversy.
2: We love Bobby Heenan folks. Bobby Heenan obviously was the best manager of all time. Now some rules,
3: Bobby Heenan cannot be in the Mount Rushmore of Heenan family members. No. He's like
2: excluded, right? right? He's the manager
3: of it, so he doesn't count. Okay.
2: You know, back in September when he sadly passed away from his long, long battle, 15-year battle with throat cancer, we did uh, an impromptu special on him. We love Bobby Heenan. uh, One of the best managers of all time. One of the best commentators of all time. And truly one of the best personalities in wrestling ever.
3: Yeah, I mean, I can't even add to that. There's just, that's what he is. That's what he is. <laughs> He's the best thing ever. <laughs> and he managed various
2: people, a lot of people, some really good, some really bad, throughout the years. And he had a family. And he so called them he, family. Yeah, he called them that. They weren't a stable. He didn't like the term stable. They, know, were, they were a family. They were his family. And that stretched all the way back to his early AWA days until the wwf when he stopped managing and quinn since i had the privilege of introducing mr yankovi's pick why don't you take the stick
3: well there's kind of two guys mm-hmm. but i'll go with one that's the most notable that's the most obvious mm-hmm. number one pick to me would be andre the giant anybody want to feel it andre the giant managed by bobby Heenan from 1987 until 1990 His turn to the Heenan family is notable in itself. You're bleeding. (laughs) You're bleeding. He comes out, you know, like a dinosaur through the (laughs) Piper's Pit set.
1: (laughs) You look
2: at me when I'm talking to you. Look
1: at me when I'm talking to you. I'm there for one reason. To challenge you for a world championship match in the WrestleMania.
2: For Hustlemania. Yeah, for the Hustlemania World 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 title. (laughs) (laughs) And that led to the WrestleMania three match.
3: Bobby managed him... All the way up until WrestleMania six, except the, yeah, there was the brief <laughs> where Bobby sold the contract <laughs> to the Million Dollar Man for one million dollars, but then he like bought it back for a hundred thousand dollars yes. because DiBiase didn't get what he wanted, which was the title. But which is funny because Bobby made a nine hundred thousand dollar profit. That's why he's the brain, queen. yeah. And notably, Andre at the very last
2: major appearance of Andre the Giant, his last WWF wrestling match on TV. Yeah, uh, he slapped
3: Bobby around. He paintbrushed him. He, as he gr- paintbrushed uh, yeah. him. Andre just paintbrushed him. <laughs> <laughs> he quite literally paintbrushes yeah. him. If you remember how he punches him, he's yeah, like, I know. He's like actually, he like,
2: missed one of them completely, yeah. and Bobby sold it. Yeah, um, that's a great pick, Quinn. I'm going to volley to you though. Okay, one that comes to mind whenever I think of Bobby Heenan and, and a perfect fit. No pun intended. Uh-huh. would be Kurt Hennig, Mister Perfect. Mister Perfect. I love that pairing. Perfect folks had been previously managed by the genius, and this—that
3: was stupid.
2: Yeah, this <laughs> is a situation where <laughs> I'm stupid by the genius. Get it? Where, uh-huh. <laughs> where Bobby managing someone did lift him up a bit. Yes, did give him some credibility because Lanny Poffo. I love him. Mm-hmm. Great, it's talented, but he's he screams mid card right Lanny Poffo right well
3: it's like having Slick as your manager right you're yeah. not really going to make it to the main no, event or no. anything like <laughs> I love Slick but like Slick never managed anyone high tier no he
2: yeah. really didn't
3: like the Twin Towers were like the best
2: I think that's about yeah. the best he got you're yeah. right but man when Bobby Hannon came out in the midst of perfect fighting Tito Santana for the IC title the vacant IC title I would like And all of a sudden, now Bobby Keenan's with Mr. Perfect, and he takes him throughout the rest of 1990 mm-hmm. as Intercontinental Champion, and, and through '91, right until, unfortunately, he like Bobby's like, I don't manage anymore. Here's the coach. Yeah. Oh. And now I
1: give you the man that will be by my side, Coach.
2: Coach. coach who coach is who? Coach? Ugh. so perfect went from the
3: genius who was like middling you know five out of ten yeah to the
2: to heenan best but, okay pairing. this
3: is why that's all weird to me it's, it's all mixed up right because uh, the coach managed him for like that one time like and then months, perfect's yeah. injured and then he's kind of managed by bobby again because of the whole rick flair so he's like which leads me to my next pick which is rick flair yeah like, i mean here's the thing with flair
2: right the interesting thing is some people don't realize that if you just look at the pay-per-views and you're not like too into the, yeah. the ins and outs you wouldn't think of Bobby Heenan as Flair's manager because he was He's called the financial, the financial consultant. consultant yeah but he was his manager the yeah. whole point is that Bobby Heenan brought him to the WWF in kayfabe right
3: they even had it They're like yeah. that's what happened he yes. came with the NWA belt at yeah. the Hogan's door
2: and all
4: that the man that owns this belt is the real champion Rick
2: Flair The whole point is that Bobby Heenan was so focused on being a broadcast journalist with Gorilla Monsoon is that he sent Mr. Perfect to ringside. Right. Now, Bobby was at ringside a few times early on in Flair's run.
1: With his advisor, Bobby the
3: Brain Heenan. Well, see, I thought this was the beauty of him managing Ric Flair. He had perfect to do the grunt work at ringside. Yep. But Bobby was on the mic, cheerleading and basically managing him. He got him over. That's what a manager right. does. Right. He exactly. Did. And he was there for all his promos
2: yep. and stuff. He did it in a he did what a manager is supposed to do in a kayfabe sense. Yeah. Meaning he he cheerleaded for him. He did the contracts and the yeah. money, but also in a real sense, he got him
3: over even more. I think that's actually his best one because it's also really? the most creative performance by Bobby Heenan. It's, it's it the was. most unique managing performance you'll probably ever see.
2: It was really unique. And the reason that he did it from the booth is he was just done managing. His neck had hurt. Yeah. He had injured his neck in like 83 or something. He didn't want to go to ringside anymore and right. do that.
3: And one other thing, go the, ahead. The, the, and this is what always stands out about Flair to me as being the number one Heenan member. Sure he was his world champion. His only one and only because Andre didn't have the title while That's he- true. Heenan did not own Andre That's at that true. point.
2: That's true. Nope, DiBiase owned Andre's contract right. in 88. Yeah. most of 88. So Heenan technically didn't get his hands on the belt. There's one more, Quinn, and I know it's not your cup of tea and you're going to try to poo-poo it, but I know that Nick Bockwinkle and Bobby Heenan were a match made in heaven. Well, one they the were best forever, pairings. yeah. I mean, The
4: important thing is The $2,000 we put up for this, for Nick Bockwinkle, for this battle royal, $50,000 to the winner over the top rope to the floor.
2: We're not doing our jobs properly if we don't
3: talk about that. Yeah, and I know I said Ric Flair was his only world champion. Technically, Bockwinkle was too. We don't
2: think AWA when you think world
3: champion because it's AWA. Well, I mean, even when Bockwinkle had it, it wasn't like... The no. premier title no. anymore or anything?
2: No, it wasn't. And the style of wrestling is professional wrestling right. and all that shit. But man, Bockwinkel and Heenan were made for each other. No,
3: they they were like the same thing. That's like, <laughs> that, that was it's true. It's weird, but it's true.
2: And Bockwinkel, it's a rare case of Heenan managing someone older than him. Right. Because Bachwinkle is actually older than Bobby Heenan. But right. But it totally made sense. You had two intellectual guys yeah. that were very
3: vicious at the same time. But, but I also think of Bachwinkle like a flair type, which is interesting is. that he, he went on to manage. Flair. That's why flair was like a hand in a glove because it was right. like, oh, like it's like Bachwinkle. Sure.
2: But if we're going to just pick a number one to, to get the ball rolling here, because remember, I mean, we put them in an order. It doesn't mean they're more important. Yeah. I'll go with you on the Ric Flair yeah. induction here.
3: It has to be. He right? was
2: his. He was his biggest world champion. I, again, I know a match. Yeah, yeah, drawing money, whatever, Minnesota. But fine. AWA is not around anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll go with the Flair thing. He was part of a. He was entwined with Flair's run until the loser leaves town match. Like basically
3: Flair's entire W F run. Yep. yep. So I, I, I'm with you. Although you know what is weird. This is just a weird aside while we're here. What if you notice at Rumble '93? Yeah. Like. Bobby's way more wrapped up in Narcissus, and he does not give a fuck about Ric Flair in the '93 Rumble. Like he he doesn't. Like, a little. He he does a little. Flair gets eliminated really early. Yeah, but so. the, even when he comes out at it one, it's like he's just like, eh, whatever. Like I know.
1: Well, you know what? He was the third one in and won it all. What's another two spots? He can do it.
2: Well, they knew that it was over with. Yeah. So, but for for number one, Quinn, I am with you. I will put him in. Yeah. If you want to. Yeah. Rick Flair. Ric Flair. But I think we have to do Bockwinkle as number two, or at least yeah, put him on. Quinn. I think
3: I think we have to put Bockwinkle in, and maybe we could discuss the rest after that. I think that. so. Because yeah. uh, the
2: thing with Bockwinkle is that he was so associated, if you're an AWA fan during the time. For a very long time. With, yeah, with Bobby Heenan, and there was a nice little touch. Um, it was an MSG house show in late 87, I think October. Where, I don't know if you remember this, Quinn. If you don't, I don't blame you. (laughs) Where Bockwinkle was briefly a commentator for the WWF for about six months. Yeah. And then he was just an agent backstage. And who inducted him or introduced him to the MSG audience... But Bobby Heenan, yeah, Bobby a,
3: would that makes sense. Bobby be the most proud of him, probably. A very nice moment where yeah. Bobby gets on
2: the mic and he's like, "Been introduced to you, the newest announcer," and he gives him a big hug, you know. Yeah, yeah. And Gorilla and Bockwinkle proceeded to do the rest of the show, which was very funny. That's cool. I, I've never seen that before. It's I'll good. Have to check that out. Yeah, it's very happy.
1: My good friend, my compadre, ladies and gentlemen, Nick Bockwinkle.
2: Nick Bockwinkle. It certainly is Nick Bockwinkle. No question about that. But I would say um, Bockwinkle, definite, definite yeah, number yeah. two here. So let's put him in as well. Ruben Vesquez will be happy. There you go. <laughs> For number two, Nick Bockwinkle. <laughs>
3: And actually, before we go on anymore, I, I hate to do this because it, we're, we're just eating up space here. But Nothing wrong with that. And this guy eats up a lot of space. Andre the Giant. I mean, come on. He's the biggest draw Bobby ever had. Like, without question. Um, Maybe not the champion or anything, but like 93,000 people, he brought Bobby to the biggest stage Bobby could ever be. It's Bobby's biggest moment. Like, period. Like, you can't even question it. Yeah. Like, come
2: no, on. I know, I know. I'm just trying to think of who else he managed, like, prominently, like, perfect. No, well,
3: I can bring up others after that. I'm just saying, like, you think I feel like can he can eclipse Andre. There's nothing. Like, right. there, it's just Andre. I think you're right, Quinn. Yeah. I think that that's sometimes it is that cut and dried. Yeah.
2: And I will agree with you. For mm. number three, Andre the Giant. <laughs> Now, now now is where we get into the nitty-gritty right? exactly because we've got hanging in the balance here mr perfect
3: uh-huh. but i'm sure you have other people on your mind now this one i think was very prominent in the late 80s for bobby um especially with his whole prime time feud with uh roddy piper and all that shit sure ravishing rick rude he's the other one that's yeah. like oh with he's him and him in perfect he's the other diamond in the rough he got him a title his first title yeah, the Intercontinental uh, title, WrestleMania 5. Big, big deal for Bobby. Sure, that was At the time, remember, that was like a huge thing. It yeah. was like, holy shit, Bobby has a title. Finally, like, after yeah. five years. And you it, know. Was Rude, it was Rick Rude, the guy who did it. Look at
1: Heathen! the leg of the Warrior! He's holding on! He
2: did it! He did it! I called it, to- The only thing, and I know this doesn't play into it, but it's worth mentioning, at least to, to educate our yeah. audience. Bobby Heenan and Rude did not get along off screen. And that doesn't play into this because we're is, talking about on screen. Which is
3: weird because in K Fabe right. felt like they rude, were both... rude was his most loyal yep. like charge. Without right, right. question. Like even in times where Bobby's looking like an idiot, like do you remember that time when the like right before Rude left where he got like chained to the, the side of the thing or whatever yeah. by the boss man? It's Rude of all people, not any other Heenan family member that comes out and defends him. Right. right? like Adamantly, like pissed off, sure, like sure. I'm not leaving until Bobby gets free Like, and he took he he saved Bobby's ass on prime time in, like a, a few times with with uh absolutely. With, you know what I mean? Like they portrayed Rude as it's like very loyal, very
2: loyal, to mm-hmm. Heenan. absolutely. And I and and that's they were just two pros about it. Yeah. Um. As far as I know, Kurt Hennig and Bobby got along in real life, but it, they're neck and neck for me, Quinn. Perfect yeah. and Rude. Yeah. Honestly, but I, I mean, Perfect also had the Intercontinental title, Quinn.
3: Right, and that was a really good pairing, mm-hmm. great chemistry. Yeah, I just, I guess, I'm, it's more just the loyalty to the Heenan family thing that stands out with Rude to me, as opposed to Perfect, who we saw like sure. turn on Bobby at the very end. Yeah.
2: yeah, well, I mean, I have a feeling between the two of us that it's going to come down to those two. Yeah, but I'm going to throw a name out there for you to okay. see what you think. And he was uh, a member of the AWA and WWF version, and that would be Ken Patera.
3: Yes. I think Ken Patera was good. I do think it was funny when K- Patera went to jail and he came back <laughs> as Richard Simmons that he blamed Bobby yeah, for like all of like his, his wrongs. And Bobby's like, What what do you want me to do? I'm not he a babysitter. Wasn't there. So I know. Like,
1: I'm a businessman. I'm not a babysitter. And what you do outside the ring, big big ex-con punk, it's your business, not my business. My job is to get you booked. In that ring. And as far as con your wife and your two snot-nosed kids, I could give a damn.
3: It's true. <laughs> like I oh, That always pissed me off about, like, you ungrateful asshole, Ken Patera. Right. Like, like, Bobby can't, like, babysit you all day so you don't throw boulders through McDonald's. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry.
2: So I don't think we're putting Patera in, though, are we? No. What about Big John Stud? Thoughts?
3: Eh, and eh, not very good. What about the Brainbusters? Oh, See, man. that's an actual like I. As much as like Stud is like remembered because you know he was the, he was the big the, John Stud that he was like fewed. kind of the first one. In he was the, the first app. one. Yeah, he
2: actually was. It was supposed to be Bobby Heenan managing Jesse Ventura, except the ancient orange, the ancient orange. Yeah, always took hold of him. Yeah, <laughs> September of '84. So Bobby managed uh, Big John Stud. And Jesse kind of lost out on that huge payday with Hogan. That would have right. been a better feud, I think.
3: Probably. Big Honestly. John Stud just looks like he's in his pajamas. Like, who cares? I never liked Big John Stud. Nobody liked Big John Stud. I don't even know what that all that business about him winning the Royal Rumble was about. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, what no was- one gave a shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know you're they right. Were like, what? I agree with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, but we. <laughs> but you,
2: the brainbusters are they better than <laughs> than Rude or Perfect?
3: I, Tag champs. I mean, they were something. All right. Beat demolition. It's Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. That's a big name team. Half of the horsemen. Right. And at a time when they were at their peak,
2: they were damn good. They the brain busters, folks, short as their run was. Yeah. In 89. They injected some serious life into the tag division. Not that it needed; it was good by already. But them coming in and feuding with the freaking Rockers
3: nonstop on house shows, Demolition,
2: having matches with Demolition that were actually good. The Heart Foundation. I know.
3: The, they were like the they were like that Rock that the 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 division needed. That like solid. Like yep, yep. These guys are veterans. They know what the hell they're doing. Man, they were like, good. They got Bobby Heenan. Like come on, they were like the total package. They really were.
2: Awesome. That was an awesome team. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Brainbusters. But perfect, though, I think is still my number four.
3: Ugh. When I think perfect, I think Bobby Heenan. And when I think of Ravishing, R- R- Rude I think, think of Bobby Heenan. Heenan. Huh? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, oh,
2: it's so tough. The Brainbusters are distinguished without Heenan anyway as wrestlers. I mean, yeah, like, I mean
3: they were champions wherever they were. And, and as know, singles, they were great. You yeah. know, so they're okay. Yeah, but man, to me, like, I per- think they're like the closest thing. They're the closest. The, the, uh, these two.
2: I don't know if anyone like he managed a bunch of people like didn't he manage Orndorf during the Hogan feud?
3: That was a big deal for that him. That was a big deal. Remember that Saturday night's main event match with the with the both had Hulk Hogan music yeah. and he went over the cage and all that? That was a huge drawing feud and that yeah. that was fun to watch too. Okay. Um but I Yeah, think, I think it comes down to perfect and, and rude. rude. <sighs> let's let's try to go through here just real quick, just to kind of like all right, maybe some advantages or disadvantages. One difference is
2: Rude was only with Bobby Heenan the entire time, whereas Perfect had no
3: manager, then the genius, then right. Bobby, then Perfect, the coach. Perfect like, ascended, right? Yep. And also, Perf- the thing is, Perfect went downhill when he lost Bobby Heenan, if you ask me.
2: To be fair, though, part of that is due to his physical health and he wasn't going to be wrestling. You yeah, know. but
3: that they gave him that big push oh, in 93 run? that sucked balls. It's so bad, Joe. I know ah. we've talked about it, but it's bad. He was over, though. He was over, but he wasn't world champion over, like, I think that was the point of it and it just wasn't there like you know what i mean now the thing with rude though
2: quinn is when he came in he was a bit of a jokier character like look i'm pretty and i have good abs or whatever right but being with bobby always lent that like that hint
3: of like harshness yeah and uh, you know it. like the first time i ever saw rude get like like oh my god this guy's pretty violent was that you know beating up like Piper yeah. and stuff. I was like, "Damn! Like, okay, this guy's no joke. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you you don't screw around with Ravishing Rick Rude, right? You know,
2: and he was the guy to beat Warrior for the Intercontinental yeah. title, which was huge. Uh, lost it back to the Warrior, obviously, and then had that great Piper feud. That's a big program, though." in general. That P- was to Piper, me. That, uh, rude. Awesome uh, program.
3: No, no. Uh, oh. Ultimate warrior. Also Rick, a great Rick program. Rude because I, it, you know, the whole summer, that was like the hottest thing. Yeah. Like it, you know, arguably that's one of the biggest matches at that SummerSlam. That It, that, it is. Yeah. To me, actually it's the biggest. I, I think I recently watched it. It's like way better. It's really good. Than the rest of the show. The crowd is hot for yeah. it. And it's good.
2: Yeah. It's like, it's a good match. It might've been the warriors best match to that. point. It was the warriors best match at right. that point. But Rude's nineteen ninety, not so good, Quinn. Yes. That's the problem here. But he also was on his way out. He didn't know that until the summer. Until right. after the there summer. There was a contract dispute or something. And that was after SummerSlam. Yeah. Remember, he he was gonna be moving after losing the Warrior into a feud with the boss man. Which would have been a big deal. It would have been a good feud, I think. And,
3: I, it should have been the end all be all feud with boss man and
2: Heenan. And I'm sure it would have I'm sure it would have culminated with uh boss man beating Rude WrestleMania Seven. Either WrestleMania Seven or the Royal Rumble. And then yeah. Bossman feuds with Perfect, unless
3: Rude was going to be higher up than Perfect. I'm not sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the thing. Would Perfect... See, that presents an interesting question. If Rude had not left, would Perfect ever ended up with Bobby the Brain? Yes, because what happened was the
2: Genius and Perfect made their last appearance together around WrestleMania six. Mm-hmm. Bobby became Perfect's manager later on in April of 90 when Perfect was fighting Tito
3: for the IC title. So Rude was supposed to be the point man for the for the family, right? Like the World Title yes. contender guy.
2: And and Perfect was the number 2 basically. Right. Andre was gone, you know, right. after WrestleMania 6. So it was basically Perfect, Rude and um Haku and Barbarian. They that were like the, the tag family. team yep. people. Yeah. Exactly. Now by SummerSlam, Rude's um challenging for the World Title. Right. Perfect is losing the Intercontinental Title right. to Texas Tornado. <laughs> Right. Which, that if you ask me, you know he came up a foot short in that <laughs> yeah, match anyway. Yeah. So, uh, who's to
3: say what they would have done with Ah? BK? It's so hard. I, I, this I know. Is such a hard choice. I just think. That I think. I think you're right in a sense that perfect it's is a like, pairing. It's a better pairing. I think Rude could have survived without Bobby Heenan. Believe it or not, like and been like successful, which he proved he could be in WCW I think he could have been too.
2: We he, never got to see him in WWF with, with a different manager, but yeah. we got to
3: see him with Paul Heyman yeah. in the Dangerous Alliance. I could even see them, um, had had Rude stuck around, mm-hmm. I could have seen the sensational Sherry end up with Ravishing Rick Root. Let's say he's still there in 91, 92 after, the million dollar man. after
2: Bobby's done that, Because that would
3: make perfect sense. She
2: would be great with him. Yeah. Because, she would have been great. Yeah. What what could have been, right? Right. I just think the pairing of Bobby Heenan and the Mister Perfect is perfect. No pun intended. Yeah, it okay. makes sense. It's the next logical. It's it's the bridge between the Bockwinkle and the Flair. Yeah, it's kind of the bridge
3: between Andre yeah. and, and Heenan going into the early 90s, kind it, of.
2: It just really made sense. And then don't forget, they sat together side by side on all those prime times in 91, 92. Right. They co-managed Flair. They yeah. were, like, entwined together till the end of 92. I'll give it to them. All right. Yeah. So, for number four, Mr. Perfect. So, to recap for Donnie, our Mount Rushmore of the Heenan family members is Rick Flair, Nick Bockwinkle, Andre the Giant, and Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig. That is the four best. And Quinn, you got to start with yeah. the best. So I'm going to start with one of the worst, okay? Okay. Terry Taylor, the Red Rooster. The thing that makes me feel really good is that I've got Bobby the Brain hidden behind me.
3: Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> like, Horrible. <laughs> it's bullshit. It is such but a it, bad gimmick. It's horrible. A rooster, the Red Rooster. Well, Really? Bu- so he started heel, right? Yes. Without the, the rooster hair. What the fuck is that? Like, I don't know! I don't know! <laughs> yeah. I don't know! That's insane! He's a child character. <laughs> right! <I>, the name! <laughs> Why is he called the Red Rooster? Should, with a name like that, you should be in the opening match like cockadoodle doing Right. And losing. Like, and like, losing, yeah. Losing. yeah. <laughs> to a new heel. Yeah. Because or a cv off-y or something. Fine. Yeah. Because, you know, as a
2: kid, Quinn, I swear I'm not making this up. I used to get the red rooster, and the gobbledygooker confused. Because they're <laughs> both like the fucking same,
3: poultry! The same fucking time period, too. Ridiculous. <laughs> Speaking of C.B. by the way, he was in the Heenum... Knew- <laughs> For like a day, yes. In the Islanders. Does he count?
2: He counts. I mean, he does count. But so is the freaking missing link. Remember that asshole? That shit was horrible. The missing link. Missing oh, ass. Man. That was like that was supposed to be a big thing too, wasn't it? Yeah, but that yeah. guy sucked. Oh my god! What was his whole appeal? That he had like bald hair sometimes, but also I was it, thought was it was green, the green
3: face paint because he does stand out. He looks unique. I'll give him that. that so, so does Paulo Silva. And he carries his hair like it's his head. You know what I'm talking about? He sucked.
2: The missing link. The missing Linkwin sucked. <laughs> like absolutely. So, you know what I didn't like either? <laughs> what? Tell me what you think.
3: That Bobby Heenan managed Harley Race. Okay, I need to bring this up. Go ahead. That sucked on so many levels. <laughs> Tell me why. So, Harley Race comes in as the <laughs> king, right? Yes. And it's he looks like a thousand years old, like for he some did. reason, like, I don't know how because it re- wasn't even like that long ago. <laughs> it's like, arcade where he's yeah. like normal. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like grandpa. He does like, look he, like grandpa. He's horrible. His sailor tattoos are all over the place. <laughs> but he's a king and Moolah's confused. And fuck this. Like, it's horrible. I never I never liked that pairing either. Honestly. And Bobby just he looks at a place with a king. Like, I don't know why, it just doesn't jive with me. He's like a skeevy car salesman, and he's yeah. like, with a king. That's the thing, is Bobby is a great manager.
2: Harley Race didn't need him. No. Harley Race gave great promos, as it is.
3: Yeah. He didn't need Bobby Heenan. Right. He really didn't need Bobby and Heenan. I'm assuming that was just so Bobby could, like, get one up on Hogan or something, when they eventually fought on yeah, Saturday Night's made Event they or did, whatever.
2: They did fight a bunch, but yeah. that was an odd pairing to me, because whereas, like rude or perfect or andre it all made sense it was all yeah. part of like this is just like why is bobby
3: heenan managing a harley race i never got that. i never got that either yeah but it's not worse than terry taylor no the red rooster is without question the worst and also before anyone argues i love the fucking brooklyn brawler being part of the he- he's not death valley that was like amusing because it made sense i guess I mean, it was one of the worst guys though well, yeah, but that's the whole point. That's literally the point of the it's thing. It's true. Like it was actually that's like, true. Like, Quinn,
1: you listen to me. I'll take a guy like you who's never won a match, and
2: I'll make you wealthy. To, an, to be fair, yeah. folks. <laughs> Bobby says that yeah. when he like he's like he's like you suck and I'm gonna make you good. <laughs> That's the point. So it's like, they're winking at the
3: audience, there. right? Yeah.
2: Whereas the Terry Taylor thing that was just horrible. But they're to like start. he's
3: the future cockadoodle dude. Yeah. And Bobby Brain Heenan's gonna make him good. I like I don't know what for number one Red yeah. Rooster is he, co- he number he really one cocked it up? Yeah, he did. <laughs> f him.
2: Is he going in? Quinn? Yes. All right, get him num- out of here. Number
1: one
2: Red Rooster.
1: Die die die! <laughs> yeah, horrible. Okay,
2: that's out of the way. So I don't know. Harley Race is one of the worst. Now you got to remember, some of the folks. Mm-hmm. If you're doing four worst, yeah, they could still be good, but like something has to be the worst. So right. don't be like, uh, just because we put something in, I'm saying hypothetically, doesn't mean
3: that it's horrible. But something has to be the worst if right. you're ranking it. Hmm. With that well, in mind, what do you at? There's all these people in, like, other companies. Like, I, I don't even know, like, where to start. Because some of them are really, like, I just hate them. Sure. Like, like what? in general. Like, for example, Ron Bass. You know what I mean? Like, he managed him in the very brief
2: period where he was in Georgia Championship. Yeah. In the late 70s. Right. Why, I don't know. <laughs> Ron Bass stinks. <laughs> Ron Bass is, like, really terrible. He's, like, two notches up from Black Bart, but that's <laughs> not saying much, you know? Yeah. He's just one of those. Yeah. He's a worse version of Blackjack Mulligan. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Ah oh, man! He also managed, didn't he? Fucking manage like Mister Saito and shit in the AWA. Like yeah. another one that's like, why with this guy? <laughs> yeah. And the Blackjacks, like I don't care about the Blackjacks. I know that yeah, I know don't you love the new Blackjacks. Stop! <laughs> I know that the Blackjacks are like Hanan's iconic like duo yeah. from the AWA. But like, who gives a shit about Jack Lanza? I, uh. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't really
3: care that but much. WWF wise, I mean. What about Buddy Rose? When the fuck did that happen? I like barely remember that. It was that sounds like it was terrible. Buddy Rose must have been eighty five. You yeah. know, must have been one of those things. He sucks. <laughs> balls like he's horrible
2: he's bad but cv worse and technically bobby Hina managed him
3: yeah cv offy cv is terrible folks Now, just so i'm not confusing my islanders here yes cv is the fake jimmy yes. snooker guy yeah fuck him he's so, at, he's in <laughs> so here's the thing with cv real
2: quick and then we're gonna f- officially induct him cv came in shortly after jimmy Snuka left <laughs> and he was supposed to be like jimmy Snuka's cousin but everyone hated him like so much because he wasn't jimmy snooker i almost like spit out my drink <laughs> like as you were expl- i was like trying not to <laughs> and jimmy snooker was good and cv was very bad
3: <laughs> he's literally like the worst imitation you could possibly think like every he's not even just like bad at being jimmy Snooky, he's bad at wrestling for in a time where people's like wrestling ability was not good right. like he's like over the top you can tell like he stinks he's bad
2: at it yeah to the point where I remember we were watching an all-american where he's fighting Brett Hart in like, he's, like 86 falling
3: over and, and, the, shit.
2: and the crowd's cheering for Brett yeah
3: and when was he in the Heenan family like what did Bobby have him for like a day or yeah. something he was he was the third islander so it was Haku Tama
2: and siviafi for a little while did they
3: think they were gonna save this car wreck apparently but you know what it
2: counts so I'm putting it in Yeah, it's terrible. For number two, Sivioffi.
3: Die, die, die. All right, we still got Harley Race in consideration, Quinn. Well, the missing link, too. He sucks. Now, what do you think of this? Because I always thought this was kind of weak as a team. What? And it's nothing against Taku, but... The Islanders, like, as uh, a team. They're okay. They're one of the weaker Bobby teams, though. I know they had the the dog thing and all that crap. <laughs> that was good, Quinn. But, yeah, yeah. They're worse than the Busters. No, and- but some people like to fondly remember Bobby in the dog suit at WrestleMania. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is kind of funny. They're worse than the Busters, and they're worse than the Black So, I mean, yeah. they're the worst team. They're yeah. clearly the worst team. Even so- Haku and Barbarian are better than right, them, right? Right, exactly.
3: That's why it's like, it's not really against Haku as much as the team, the pairing. Like I hate it.
2: Yeah, it's not good. I'm not yeah. going to defend it or anything. But Missing Link is a piece of crap. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, seriously, Quinn. Yeah, Missing Link, and then Buddy oh, Rose too has to be yeah.
3: definitely under consideration here. There's also Harley Race. Yeah. There's also freaking Mr. Saito. There's okay. also Ron Bass. Here's a controversial one, and I'll s- I'll tell you why. Okay, go ahead. King Kong Bundy. Okay, I'm I'm. You want to hear listening? me why? First of all, yeah. I just hate. His like prominence at WrestleMania 2 under Bobby, it's terrible. Like he should not be in that match. You know what, Quinn?
2: I might agree with you here. Here's here's why. Folks, when when King Kong Bundy debuted in nineteen eighty-five in the WWF, he was ma- he was managed by Jimmy Hart and he squashed S. D. Jones at WrestleMania 1. Yeah, and he was awesome. In the fall of eighty five, Bobby Heenan, who had been managing Adrian Adonis and the missing link, which is weird that Adrian <laughs> right, traded those two guys to Jimmy Hart right. for King Kong Bundy. And that's how Bobby wound up with King Kong Bundy. Here's the problem. King <laughs> Kong Bundy should have always been managed by Jimmy Hart. Right. That was a great pairing.
3: Like they, because, because little tiny Jimmy Hart, big fat King Kong bunny, and he would jump in his arms at yes. the end. Like it was good. They spent the better part, of two years yeah.
2: trying to make the Bundy and Bobby like association a thing
3: but Bobby had Andre by 87 yeah so who gives who a shit and by Wrestlemania 3 Bundy's wrestling midgets and, and Bobby is like uh, like not even out there yeah. so and he's like even like I'm not gonna do that <laughs> yeah like, that's true Every <laughs> he says Bobby like I don't manage midget matches yeah. <laughs> like I, that's not my I just don't do that
1: King Kong Bundy lost I, I wasn't out there for that match I don't care I don't feel midgets i have nothing to do with midgets i don't
3: like you know what like fuck that he's so he's like it's more like on a like disappointing level right like it's nothing against king kong bundy he's a nice guy
2: and he's good for what he did you know but i don't know the pairing you're right the pairing
3: wasn't very good yeah it's very weird and it, it just feels like temporary like it's just there so bobby is someone to manage for wrestlemania Pretty much, that's all it is
2: for the the Jimmy Hart pairing. Felt much more
3: natural to me.
2: Yeah, Jimmy Hart with Bundy. I think Bundy would
3: have had a long career with Jimmy Hart. Right? It's King Kong Bundy, baby. Yeah, like all that. Yeah, it would have been great. He's He's right up Jimmy Hart's alley. I think Jimmy Hart could have rode him all the way to like main events and shit. Like, he could have. Yeah. That's the thing. At least it's a like- horrible trade on Jimmy's part. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. Hey, well, Jimmy got Adrian Adonis out of it. So adorable, he, had Yeah, but he he got him after he was damaged goods and adorable. <laughs> he was shit by that point. He, so, he turned into a lady, remember? He did, he did. But uh, are we going to put Bundy in? Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. It's it, it just, it, it sucks. Like, it made him worse. What did you say? It sucks. It sucks! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For
2: number three, King Kong Bundy die 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 I don't know I like your rationale Quinn yeah I'm glad
3: you agree with me and actually on another disappointing level go ahead Hercules let's just talk about that for a minute because I I I do I do love his appearance at WrestleMania 3 with Bobby but after that he like falls down the stairs and goes on this like he's like a slave and they sell him and what like what is yeah, all that like know. it's awful Bobby's Bobby tries to sell him the DiBiase I don't know what that <laughs> it's was kind of, about. it's it was actually really weird there's also a f- the, the funny when he does try to sell him and it gets, is like, funny and he gets like caught red handed or something yeah. yeah
2: it's funny it's not good I don't know we've talked about Hercules I think he had his own segment way back um, yeah I'm not
3: you're not sold on that. Is it too? Is it too egregious with King Kong Bunny also in there now? Is it wor- is Hercules worse than Harley Race? Oh, is that's the question. That's really hard um, because Harley Race is he should be a lot better. Like he was a better, world yeah. champion. Right.
2: I mean, come on. We're talking about pairings, right? Yeah. Not the wrestler's entire career. Right. We're talking about when they were managed by Bobby Heenan. Right. Harley Race did not need to be managed by Bobby Heenan. No. Plain and simple. Right. Like with the rooster, it's like why would Bobby Heenan manage Terry Taylor and his gimmick sucked, right? Yeah.
3: With Steve it's like this guy, it just sucks. Yeah. King Kong Bundy, it's like it just the pairing is odd. The pairing there. was odd.
2: And another case here with Harley Race where the pairing just doesn't make sense. Like he didn't need Bobby. Right. He didn't need <laughs> a manager. Right. It's Harley Race. Well, he might have needed Moolah. Maybe <laughs> and even that's a stretch because yeah. she didn't know it was going on there because <laughs> I think that's worse than Hercules. I mean, Hercules sucks, too, but like he did give
3: us that Billy Jerk Haynes feud.
4: Well, the record it is Billy Jack Haynes.
3: OK, here's what I think it is. All I right. think it's between actually Harley Race and Big John Stud. Oh, I want to hear more about Big John Stud. Go ahead. Because Big John Stud was just like he never accomplished a damn thing for Bobby like at all.
2: They did cut Andre's hair. Him and Bundy. Who I think cares?
3: <laughs> it, it, it didn't matter because he just ended up with Bobby anyway. That's true. Did you say who cares? Yeah, who cares? Who cares? Exactly, Gorilla. I mean, come on now. Here's a problem with Big John's stud. He's not very good, anyway. <laughs> he never was ever good. He's other not than that like good. the rumor that he had his like he sat in his back seat to drive or something. <laughs> I, that's the only notable thing that, as a kid, I ever cared about John Stud. Like somebody told me they like ripped out his front seat because he was too big. That's about it. Well, yeah. Other than that, Big John Stud just looks like a big fat guy in his pajamas. That got out of bed and did a promo. Yeah, right? I, that's the problem.
2: Is John Stud like anytime I'm watching an old show? Yeah, maybe that I've never seen an MSG House show, Maple Leaf, whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, how I like the old house shows. Right. And John Stud comes on. I'm like, I
3: don't want it. Like, there's nothing. It's going to be a headlock
2: for a while and stuff. <laughs> I'd almost rather watch Bundy. Yeah. Honestly, like <laughs> maybe not, but like it's close. At least Bundy's quick. He's a little quicker, yeah. And, and he, he has the five count and no eyebrows. Yeah. He's better with no eyebrows and the five count gimmick. Yeah. I don't know. John, St- I did see a funny match with Stud and Hogan in uh, Puerto Rico in the rain.
1: The skies have opened up. You can see the rain coming down here in San Juan. And still, the battle goes on.
2: Wow. Like, slipping around. I'm sorry. It's very bad. Yeah. But <sighs> Stud, Harley Race,
3: Hercules. Right. And that's. Maybe it is. They're the only other one I can think of. I really, we don't know much about Buddy Rose, but we do know it's Buddy Rose. It is uh,
2: Buddy Rose. He like, does stink.
3: Yeah. Like,
2: Was he ever good? Like, I don't ever
3: remember him being good, Joe. Are we missing something with Buddy Rose? Like, when did that happen? Like, <laughs> like really? I'm serious. Like I don't The fact know. that it happened, I just want to put it in, because why? I don't know. I don't remember it happening, so
2: like we can't really comment on it. But we have sat through tons of stud. Yeah, Hercules,
3: and race. Okay, there is one that's not on here, and Go which ahead. was weird yeah. and strange. What? Narcissus. Does that count? I mean, he even threw Bobby aside on the Intrepid at the end to, like, denote that he wasn't <laughs> around anymore. Yeah. What are you doing? They, if the fact that they went through that effort, which is... <laughs> unbelievable to me that's true like says something it says that Bobby technically was his manager just in the same Uh, way he was Ric Flair's manager
2: uh, you know what I mean yeah but I don't like the whole like idea (laughs) of that it's much less prominent than the Ric Flair (laughs) to be fair
3: yeah but he managed him remember the milk promo yeah (sighs) see you
2: June 13th
3: See you June 13th. But that he wasn't even narcissist then. <laughs> he was just a regular Lex Luger. A uh, WBF Lex
2: Luger. That's what that was. Quinn, I think we need to stop fucking around. Hercules is the worst of the three. That fucking <laughs> like, come
3: on. It's fucking Hercules. Yeah. What did he ever do that was I, good? I actually think Big John stud is. Really? Yes. I think Hercules at least had the fun moment... Where, like, Bobby's, like, celebrating and Billy Jerk Haynes and all that. Okay, you know what? Like, at least Hercules was fun. Hercules wasn't disappointing. Yeah. He was what Hercules would be. He never, he was actually the best Hercules was. Because before right. that, he was just Hernandez and he was just whatever with the big floppy hair. And, <laughs> and then the after that, he was a big loser who thought he was from Rome or something. I don't know. Like, he really thought he came in a time machine, you remember? And then he was a big fat lard of crap with uh, Paul Roma. Yes, with the with, mustache, with the slickster, and the greasy. Yeah, he was slick. All right, <laughs> Bobby was literally the
2: best he ever was. That's true. And not only that, I mean, John Stud should have been good, but he's like he's not charismatic. He sucks, Joe. <laughs> Get it? No, he stinks. You know like, what? We haven't talked about him enough on the show. But you're right, Quinn. I don't really like Big John Stud.
3: Who don't... likes Big John Stud? Right into this show. Who the fuck likes him? Like seriously, <laughs> who? For number four,
2: Big John Stud. Die, die, die. <laughs> well, there's our Death Valley of Hina family members. We have the Red Rooster Terry Taylor, Sivioffi, <laughs> King Kong Bundy, and perhaps controversially, Big John Stub. Let us know, folks. You're Mal Rushmore in Death Valley. You can do that by emailing us, tweeting at us, or just post it up on the Facebook group. Well, Quinn, when we come back, we're getting very continental- If you will. Yes. Because we're reviewing something back after this.
1: You're not going to walk right up the ladder to the World Wrestling Federation top. If I got to get every member of my family and make sure you're mentally, physically, and financially busted, I'll do it. All you ever concerned yourself with was pressing weights, pressing weights. And all you're good for now is pressing license plates. Well, I'll tell you something, pal. You never brought me a championship. You never brought me nothing. All you wanted was a title. All you wanted was a belt. You want a belt? You want a belt? I'll give you a belt. whoop
4: Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to
2: it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for being here for episode number 64 here on Monday, January 8th, 2018. Quinn, this is your fault, what we're reviewing here. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) I,
3: I really thought this would be better, but based off the picture on YouTube.
2: I understand. I completely understand, folks. This is Continental Wrestling Federation. From May 21st, 1988. Not to be mistaken with the good continental. Yeah, so let me, I guess, briefly recap this. Now, several moons ago, we did an episode of Continental Championship Wrestling. And it
3: was awesome.
2: Yes, it was. It was like one of the best things we've ever reviewed, I would say. It was. It was great. We had a fun time. We were pleasantly surprised. And that is this same promotion, technically. Uh, And that was from 1985. Now, brief history on the whole Continental thing here. Well, it was based (laughs) out of uh, Tennessee and Alabama uh, at several points. And it was initially owned, believe it or not, by Leroy McGurk. Was Wait, Mike McGurk's dad? Was one of the guys involved here, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Buddy Fuller. Yeah, but, Colonel Parker. It, it and basically, all that. yeah, it morphed <laughs> through being Gulf Coast Championship Wrestling, <laughs> then Southeastern, and then in 1985, when Ron Fuller bought it, it became Continental Championship Wrestling.
3: Yes, and it was awesome.
2: That's like the glory days, right? Yes, and that's what we reviewed, Yeah, CCW. It was great. However, in 1988, Ron Fuller sold it to... David Woods, who yeah. the guy that owned the TV station.
3: Yeah, basically, it, it sounds like they were strapped for cash and they were like, can someone please buy it? And yes, I guess whoever they were on the air with, they were like, yeah, sure, pal, we'll buy it for you from you. So David Woods buys it in 1988 and
2: changes it from CCW Continental Championship Wrestling to the Continental
3: Wrestling Federation. So now it's a federation, so I guess that makes it on par with the World Wrestling Federation, right? I guess that was the idea. It was the idea, Quincy. The whole point here, even as
2: far back as Ron Fuller, was let's compete as everyone tried to do from starting around 1984-85 let's compete with Vince
3: McMahon now I will say this in 1985 sure that was like a feasible proposition especially from like the quality of product we were looking at here exactly it was like really good it seemed pretty on par with the WWF to me yeah I I agree with you because back in
2: 1985 all Vince had going for him is that he was young brash and, and barnstormed other territories right he hadn't been proven just yet, as being a you know quote unquote genius in in wrestling promotion, right? He did one WrestleMania just in 1985. Some guy. You're right, when it didn't seem unrealistic in the mid 80s that maybe Ron Fuller
3: could compete with Vince McMahon, maybe he would be the one that yeah. would do the national expansion thing properly. He wasn't, no. as we know, yeah, and um, unfortunately because he did have a good territory, like no taking away from sure. him. This was like top tier shit to me. It like, was very good for 1985. Like it's unbelievable.
2: Now, there is still good stuff going on around this time Yeah, in 1988, but the promotion sadly folded right at the end of 1989. The last show was November 25th, 89. Yeah, well, this show that we reviewed is indicative of why. And, that, and that's kind of why I wanted to mention that up front. It's not good, this show, yeah, specifically. It's maybe, horrible. Now, maybe the week before is, maybe the week after is. Maybe. It's very possible that we hit upon a major dud here, but Quinn, <laughs> let's go. To the show here. The videotape, if you will. So this is Continental Wrestling Federation, May 21st, 1988. We get a cold open Mm -hmm. with Charlie Platt. Hello, I'm Charlie Platt. Yes. And filling in for Gordon Soley. This is where you should just know, like, we're in the shitter. Now, like him or hate him, Gordon Soley, soon play one of the most iconic voices in wrestling
3: i thought he was good in continental to be honest excellent like continental. specifically continental he like for some reason he fit here remember it was right. like it's all chaotic how continental sure. is and gordon's like ah, i don't know what's going on here and he, and he's excellent as a yeah. voice of this
2: from anything i've seen so when you think of a good wrestling announcer you think of your lance russells maybe your bill mercers maybe your bob cottle maybe
3: even tony the tiger sure. what's his head
2: Lee Marshall. Yeah. no no filling in for gordon Sully... <laughs> <laughs> Missy Hyatt. Oh,
3: well, thank you. And I'm sure you are happy. <laughs> oh, it's Joe. Hi, I'm Missy Hyatt. This is a woman that they gave her a spot in WWF mm-hmm. because she was so hot, right? Mrs. Manor, Missy's Manor. It was so bad because first of all, she was bad at talking. They didn't even air it. They didn't even That's air true. Missy's Manor. Yeah. Like it's... they actually just like fired her. I think they were Vince like felt bad and offered her a job as a federal. She said, and, now. It, no, no, He was trying to be nice. Like, honestly, he was just like, this is, I'm sorry. I told you we would do something, but like, I just can't put this on TV. I'm sorry. (laughs) And that was after, yeah, that was after this abomination
2: here of her doing this kind of stuff. So Charlie Platt takes this opportunity to ask Missy Hyatt some trivia. And the trivia question is, where did Jack Briscoe have his rematch with Terry Funk? Who cares? I don't even know. I don't either. Well, she says Tampa. Uh,
4: Tampa, Florida?
2: But she's wrong. It was actually right here in Dothan, Alabama. The Farm Center, Joe. The (laughs) Farm Center. (laughs) The
3: Houston County Farm Center. They keep going on and on about the fucking Farm Center. And that's what we should call it the whole time, the fucking Farm Center. Because (laughs) who cares? It's like like an armory.
2: You've heard of the Performance Center? This is the Farm Center. Now, you might want to know this, Quinn. This Houston County Farm Center, they make a point to mention, is where Hulk Hogan first wrestled Andre the Giant and don't you dare think that it happened in Michigan like
3: Vince McMahon says. Yeah, but I mean didn't they wrestle at Shea Stadium? <laughs> Wait, what about that? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Did they, did they just forget that happened
2: too? I, yeah, like, I don't know that Vince tried to ever pretend that 1980 didn't happen. They just didn't talk about yeah, it. Yeah,
3: but these people aren't <laughs> beholden to Vince McMahon.
2: Why do they have to even say that? Because remember, they're competing. It's like an early WCW, like, haha, you guys suck. <sighs> you know, it's like, no, this is where Hogan first wrestled Andre, but you told me, Quinn, it looks like a gymnasium. Yeah, because it's the fucking farm center. <laughs> By the way, Charlie Platt here uh, looks like
3: bizarro Tony Schiavone. <laughs> yeah, kind with, of. like, cocoa bottle glasses. He's horrible. A mustache. He's bad, too. Like, let's he he's is. no prize, Joe. Well, I'm sure he's, like, when Gordon's there, I'm sure he's, like, the backup when guy. When he's not confused <laughs> yeah. by what, what Missy's saying. He's, like, <laughs> looking at her boobs, trying to see it through the white coat she has on. Now, here's the interesting thing.
2: The opening... Is pretty much the same with the party all the time. Yeah, with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, and it still says CCW in the intro. This is right after the switch. Yeah. So much so that they didn't even change <laughs> the intro yet. So we come back. And Charlie
3: Platt's glasses. Why are they all fogged up? <laughs> like, I don't know. is it's that so- going on? Actually, is that supposed to be a joke? But we couldn't see because. By the way the camera quality is lousy. It looks like they dipped it in pea soup. <laughs> it looks like somebody puked on the lens and <laughs> they just wiped it off with like a towel they didn't like <laughs> they didn't actually like give water or anything.
2: So we throw to a videotaped interview here from May 9th, a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago with the new AWA champion jerry lawler why are we talking about this like what does this have to do with the cwf apparently they were trying to work with a bunch of different people now lawler was known as a memphis guy but this yeah. isn't memphis this was part of tennessee sometimes
3: it also alabama right so this know? is this is right after super clash three yes yeah so okay. missy
2: says it was a great
3: match and <laughs> King, she does she actually does. she really does say that
2: let's listen to it i tell you what that was a great match so King says it's great being champion, etc. It's like an interview where he's like humble King, kind yeah. of, you know. Like,
3: like I'm, I'm good. I
2: don't do drugs. Yeah, it's not Puppies Jr. King, you know. Puppies Jr. And by the way, this specific show is airing on WBCI TV four in Columbus, Missouri what (laughs) by the way he calls out the king does eddie gilbert by the way missy not good no she's (laughs) really bad here although her hair is better here i will say good hair in the backstage interview it's up it's back it looks nice Yeah, she looks nice she kind of looks like um the pilot episode of grace under fire breath butler hair (laughs) which we just you know watched know that recently. because you just watched it, yeah.
3: Quentin! Quentin!
2: <laughs> so, anyway, she's like, now nah, let's go talk
3: to the loser, Kurt Hennig. Yeah, what? <laughs> By the way, she's not in that company, but why is she this. back there interviewing them, like, AWA people? Now, I am
2: sure we have people uh, on our Facebook group, which you should join if you haven't yet, yeah. that know all about this territorial system here yeah. and why there was so much crossover in
3: the 80s. This it- is like crossover like on acid. Right. Like, Missy Hyatt for the CWF For interviewing them, none of those people are in the CWF And Jerry Lawler, the Memphis guy, which I think he was in CWA at the time.
2: And he's the AWA (laughs) champion. He's the AWA champion. And Kurt is just about, he's like looking at the WWF in the very near distance. You know what I mean? Kurt is
3: almost there. He's got something to take care of here, Joe. The CWF tournament. Oh, God. So that's the connection here, is that Mr. Perfect here is going to be in the CWF tournament. There's going to be like a CWF title. I guess there just isn't. So Missy is basically like, yeah,
2: whatever about the tournament. Yeah, well, she doesn't care. <laughs> she doesn't care. So also Quinn, you might want to know this. Yeah, the CWF Road to Birmingham tour is coming to <laughs> some prestigious venues such as, <laughs> yeah, New Site,
3: Alabama. Yeah, there. One of our fans is going to say, "I'm from New Site at high school gym." Yeah, just high school gym. So my theory on this is because they show this a lot. Joe was laughing his ass off, but I'm just like, <laughs> I just think they just figured it's probably just called New Site High School. And they just felt, they were like, whatever. like It's, let's, it's at the high school. And then we're going to Parish, Alabama at the old high school gym. That one's gym. funny though. Yeah, the old high school gym.
2: And then on June 16th, it's the junior high school gym. Right, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So we come back in Austin Idol who's kind of charismatic at least. Yeah, I said he looks like a real wrestler. He actually does. He's being interviewed by Charlie Platt. He just got back from Tokyo, but he says there's no place like home. There's been no wrestling, yeah, at all. <laughs> Maybe okay. uh, some somebody, something to wrestle with Bruce Prichard. When's Maybe he'll the wrestling? There. I yeah. don't know. When is the wrestling? What
3: did we What did we <laughs> sign up for here? You know how normally we ask on a
2: WWF show, "When's the Macho Man?" Yeah, this one you have to ask when the wrestling is. Honestly, so he leads uh, Austin does an idle chant that like no one participates. <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, like no <laughs> one cares. He's like idol, idol. and everyone's like. Mm-hmm. Then listen to this.
1: I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> you know.
3: You know. what's kind of funny I, now what's that, that? I, now that I'm thinking, and I know kind of the results here. Yeah, yeah. Do you think the crowd is so bored because there just hasn't been wrestling, so they're not they, mm. they're not participating in anything? They're That's just a like, good point. They're they're like, is this guy even a wrestler? Are we just like <laughs> at a movie? What is this a movie? <laughs> if I'm there, I haven't seen anything. You're right. This
2: has been very boring. Yeah. <laughs> you're, if you're sitting there in the barn. Yeah. So then Austin Idol calls the farm out. farm center so Excuse me. Excuse me. So then Austin Idol calls out Eddie Gilbert. As yep. Quinn again asks, when is the wrestling? Yeah. There's no wrestling. So then Danny Davis. No, not the referee. Yeah. Not, not that one. This is the Danny Davis. We did see him before. From the Nightmares. The Nightmare team. with his stupid face paint. <laughs> he's all of a sudden at ringside like stammering about how kenny wayne isn't here he's quite literally stammering if i remember yeah. he's like
3: if, if, ah, ha, ha,
2: ha, what <laughs> like so he's gonna fill in for his partner kenny wayne so we have in you know, a tournament match danny davis versus ricky nelson the illustrious cwf title <laughs> tournament here it's very dim in the <laughs> It's super
3: dim again puke camera still there charlie platt is awful Yep. Uh, Missy is worse. Mm -hmm. And there's one guy like
2: randomly standing like a mannequin the whole show. (laughs) Remember, you were like all mad about it. There's just one guy like just standing
3: there. Oh, the fan. There's just a guy. He's like in the front row. But everyone else is sitting. I hate when people do that at a wrestling (laughs) event. Listen, once the match starts and the entrances are over. Down in front. (laughs) Down in front. This guy, not only is he like up in front, he's the only one up in front. (laughs) Sit the fuck down.
2: (laughs) And that's my rant, thank you. We get a name drop for the world's strongest man, Doug furnace <laughs> <laughs> yes, of yeah of furnace
3: and la. Lafon, what's his name?
2: Doug Furnace and Philip Lafon, or as a friend of ours used to say, Furnace and Philip Lafon. Yes.
3: Because who cares? Yeah. That could be their names and I wouldn't realize that you Nobody said it wrong. Nobody would ever know. Furnace and Philip Lafon. It sounds right to me. That's their name now on OVP officially. If they that's ever fine. get brought up, like if there's like a Mount Rushmore in Death Valley of like tag teams or something, yeah. Furnace yeah. and Philip Lafon. And you have to spell Furnace like the heater. Yeah, like F-U-R-N-A-C-E. That's his name. Yeah, The Doug world's furnace.
2: strongest Furnace. <laughs> you need it with this cold winter. Yeah. So this match, anyway, has been an armbar contest. It, it's so that's horrible. It's, it's really it's bad. It's a
3: really bad match. And, like, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of matches. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. So, basically, what, fuck you. Like it's, yeah, it's that's essentially, basically yeah. what this is. Yeah.
2: Fuck you. So here's a direct quote from Missy Hyatt. Mm-hmm. This has been a really interesting match because it seems like um <laughs> one of them gets the upper hand. And then all of a sudden... Danny Davis gets the hand, the upper hand. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) This is
4: beginning to be a really interesting match because it seems like um, one of them gets the upper hand, and then all of a sudden, Danny Davis gets the upper hand.
2: Exactly. Grapple, grapple, grapple. I think the arena here is actually getting darker as we go on. (laughs) Now, Missy Hyatt is just saying random words, like, in the theory of a sentence, but I don't yeah. think she's really saying
3: anything that she's makes sense. She's trying to make a sentence, <laughs> but it's not really working out for it's her. It's not! Yeah. Well, you
4: know, e- neither one of them were psyched up for this match, knowing that it was going to be, for the road to Birmingham, was going to be the big tournament.
2: Interesting and so- point.
3: <laughs> mercifully, we go to a commercial, and we come back to a... M- I don't say that's mercifully, because <laughs> uh, could we have finished this shit? like seriously like I don't want to watch this when I get back well we come back to a much better
2: lit Charlie Platt with the G.I. aka Sergeant Shitty like
3: I don't know who this guy <laughs> is but he's horrible and the guy he's facing is I love this name Willie B. Hurt Willie B. Hurt <laughs> that, yes that he that should be the best jobber name ever this is really good <laughs>
2: now this sergeant uh, slobber here this yeah.
3: sergeant like shithead
2: whatever yeah. this guy Frank is Perkins yeah. who <laughs> the fuck knows what his name is <laughs> it could have been I yeah. don't know he is like a parody of a drill instructor you'd find in like a deodorant <laughs> commercial or something. Yes, yes. You know, like,
1: oh, private, why do your armpits smell? <laughs> a stain, Vaughn? A ketchup stain? How dare you disrespect me, your country,
3: and your mama?
2: So then, finally, we get something interesting here. Downtown Bruno. That's Harvey Willman, yes, folks. Yes, it's downtown. You better get very far away. Yeah. <laughs> to a different town, Bruno. He storms in. And he looks to be about 5'2 today. He is so tiny, Joe. Very, very he, He's like the tiniest man ever. Yeah. He's the best thing, though. He gives like a, a Harvey Whippleman esque promo, but yeah. better than Harvey Whippleman. Right. Then, even better, Paul E. Dangerously strolls in. Yes. This is where I thought the show was going to like, okay, right. it's going
3: to get good it's now. It's going right? to get
2: good. Now, he, Quinn, is still kind of in his um Johnny Dangerously,
3: Michael Keaton period, yeah. where he's got that hair... Hey, but he Cut still talks like Paul Lee. Oh, I yeah. mean, like, he like t- he talks like Paul Heyman. Yeah. The current Paul Heyman. And he's excellent. He's, yeah, he's always
2: good.
1: He's impressed that you can fly off the top rope. He's impressed that you can sneak under him man and then drop kick him
2: right out of the ring.
3: When is he ever bad? He's always excellent. You would think that would save this whole show.
2: It, it, not even close. Yeah. He cuts a promo on Danny Davis and he's managing Eddie Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Then we go back to this toilet bowl of a match. This match is so boring. They broke it up with promos. <laughs> You're like, right. It's terrible. Punch, col- collar, and elbow. You know, clapping. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> I thought Southern wrestling. Like I thought it was good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I, you know
3: what's even worse? Yeah. The announcers like flirting. Yeah, and I say to you, in no universe would Charlie Platt land Missy Hyde. I'm sorry. That's like, true. He looks like garbage like Pringles man. <laughs> He's like Garbage Tony Shavani. Yeah. Tony Shavani <laughs> has a better chance with her. <laughs>
2: That's sad. Yeah. played by Davis gets two. Then they roll around for a while in a small package. And what da-
3: is this match? <laughs> How is this still happening? Davis
2: gets the win. Ugh. They shake hands. Nice little respectful Southern wrestling. Yay. Yeah. Then this is kind of interesting. We go back to Charlie and Missy and her white leather coat. Yeah. By the way, she we she did have that at the beginning. It's a nice coat. It's a really nice coat. So they're talking about... Lord Humongous yes. and Detroit Demolition. Now this is funny on a few levels, Quinn. Let's get so a break
3: from this This is not the Lord Humongous from Mad Max kind from of Mad version. Max, yeah. This is but there also was like that Mad Max version like elsewhere. Yes. But this is Lord Humongous, he's got like a hood on his yes. head. And but the, he has
2: kind of like the demolition um like strappy things. Yes. But his it's a uh, sit. Right. This is Sid. It's actually
3: Sid. like Psycho Psycho Sid. Sid Sid Udy. Sid Vicious. Yes. Now, Detroit Demolition. This is very interesting to me. He
2: is also dressed like a member of Demolition. But that's for a good reason. (laughs) Yes. This is Randy Colley. This is the original Smash, a.k.a. Moondog Rex. Right. This is the guy that teamed with Axe for a handful of matches in January or February of
3: 87. He does have a claim to the Demolition name, though. He does. Like a legitimate claim being in the original. Original tag team. And we both noticed that he actually looks
2: better here than when he was Smash. Right. Like, his hair is better. He it looks it's, cool as it hell. looks cool. Yeah. So, anyway, they're there, and downtown Bruno and these guys give an interview with yeah. Alan Martin, who has a referee shirt on, but he kind of looks like Eugene. Yeah, this guy
3: <laughs> shows up again. I think he's, like, half he's a goon. in the bag or I don't has know.
2: problems. I don't know. Bruno has a kind of funny line about, like, Jimmy Hoffa or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. His red jacket is also very good. Mm-hmm. But you said to me... I guess because of the glasses, he kind of looks like a computer programmer. Yeah, he just looks
3: like a big dork. (laughs) Harvey Whippleman. Yeah, Harvey looks ridiculous. Like (laughs) He doesn't look like he should work in wrestling. He really doesn't. In all honesty. At least when he was in WWF, he looked like a slimy manager. Here, he literally looks like somebody who should work in an office with me. He looks like he's someone
2: that's buying a quarter pound of white American cheese while his (laughs) wife is at work. <laughs> so, <laughs> what a random comment. <laughs> that's what we're here for. Yeah. Well, Quinn, is the show exciting? No. So we have to kind of just throw random freaking digressions out yeah. there. Anyway, we go to ringside here, and this, I'm going to preface, is the best segment of without, the show. Without question. It, like, is, it is.
3: It is different. It is n- something that's not going on in 1988.
2: Yep, and it's a glimpse of, of the good stuff that there was still at least going on in this promotion. Um, I even like how it starts. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So we go to ringside, and it's Dr. Tom Pritchard, who by now is a face. Yeah. Yeah, he was a long time heel. Now he's a face there. Right. And he is entering to face the destroyer. I don't know who that who cares. is. It probably that no that, that doesn't matter. In fact, Tom Percher doesn't care. He wins with like a crappy like karate kick after like 40 seconds. Yeah, like
3: literally 40. It's like the quickest match ever. Yeah, because the match isn't what this is about. Right. That's that's the point. So then we go ringside. Uh, nothing to do with Tom
2: Pritchard anymore. And we see a very young Shane Douglas getting interviewed with yeah, the Southern weird. boys. And the Southern boys here are uh, Tracy Smothers and um, Steve Armstrong. Right. So they introduce Shane Douglas like, here's our friend. Then all of a sudden, some other guys come out and yeah. they say, no,
3: you got to come back. Your Tom Pritchard needs help. Yeah, it, it's it's very like Urgent, abrupt right? yeah. and out of nowhere. Like yeah. they're in the middle of the Shane Douglas interview. Yeah, they're like, like the, introducing yeah. him as like I guess it's like his first night or something. I think so. Because I think he even says it one point. It's my first night. This yeah. is crazy. I'm the franchise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's talking like the franchise, too, which is funny. So a bunch of guys come out. They're
2: like, No, you got to come with us. Tom Pritchard needs help. So the cameraman follows him back there all the way back to the yeah.
3: parking lot where <laughs> Pritchard and Dirty White Boy Tony Anthony are brawling amongst the cars. Right. So. A couple things here. It's awesome. It, like, actually seems like a real fight, like something like bad happened you mm-hmm. know what i mean and like it's a pretty nasty fight like i think like a beer bottles involved yeah. in all this
2: so dirty white boy who was tony anthony folks if you only knew WWF, you would know him as Teal hopper he is like a thousand times better when he's not tl hopper
3: yes he's literally like one <laughs> of those people that just he got like boned by Vince yeah. man like he literally is one of the best things in the 80s and early 90s he's very good i bet you missy Hyatt got boned by vince also <laughs> So Dirty Boy Boy here
2: smashes Tom with a bottle he found on the ground. Yeah, it's like
3: because there's a couple of bottles. Like it's not just there's like like crap on the ground. Okay, so let me set the stage here. It's first of all they obviously don't have the budget to have like a handheld camera, like first and foremost, right? Like, uh,
2: yeah, because it's, it's still corded.
3: Right, and they and there's a point where the camera, they're running so fast that the camera like yanks back <laughs> yeah. because it like they go too fast, right? right. Mm-hmm. And second of all, it seems like they have like a staging area where they're, like it's outside, it's in the lot, but it's like right at the front. Yes. So it's like this area where they were like, okay, we can film here because the camera can actually make it back here, right? Right. It's cool and all, but it's, you know, it's primitive. Let's 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 put it that way. I love it. Yeah, I love. Second the way of they do all, this. like they they set it up in such a way where there's beer bottles like in the distance, like it's like the guys were hanging out or something, and something yeah. got out of ha- hand. There's also beer bottles everywhere, so like it sets up for this to happen, but you don't really see it coming because they're just like in the corners or whatever. So, right. It's actually really well done. Absolutely. I, I say to you a lot of guys here look like Bob Holly in the background. <laughs> That's true. It's true.
2: Missy has a nice line about the uh, beer bottle. He she says, "Uh, he's blading. He's blading, <laughs> just like a Roddy Piper." Yeah. There. Then Charlie Platt asks for an ambulance as they go to break. We come back and the ambulance has arrived. And The doc- fact
3: that they're still here when they I come back it.
2: from... Love it. Yeah, that, that's the important part the, to me. See, this is why it's saddening that this show was so bad in the right.
3: beginning. Because uh-huh. this is worth it. Yeah, this should have been at the beginning. If this, Yeah, because this hooks you. This is happening here, but this is not... Too far off the beaten path of the the uh, CCW we saw. Yeah, no, it's previously not. like it's the, very the battling similar. outside kind of thing.
2: This is where Paul Heyman took a lot of this stuff from and, and adapted it for um, you know a more modern audience in yeah, the I early nineties. He, he
3: made it nineties, basically. He made it more nineties. Like, took this co- this idea of this rough and tumble, gritty. gritty promotion, real life, and made it into something more for a modern audience the grunge audience yeah, if you will right exactly so you had
2: a um a very good point you said the show sucked until this and yeah you were absolutely right and that's the thing about it is it was horrible right until this yeah and that's the sad thing about this show now, if you
3: remember ccw was a little boring at the beginning when we initially watched that episode so we were like oh gordon sully and blah blah blah. good point and then it just kind of exploded into fun you're right
2: you're yeah. right. now we go back to missy with eddie gilbert and Polly dangerously and they just make fun of tom pritchard for a while because of their heels that's what <laughs> yeah. you do right and paul says that dr tom is lucky that it was only dirty white boy and not eddie gilbert
3: attacking him
2: sure i mean <laughs>
3: old, dirty white boy's awesome like that guy is a badass i what yeah. the fuck is paul talking about i don't know
2: so i guess eddie, he's just being a heel yeah i guess so so we redo the southern boys here
3: yeah <laughs> this <laughs> is funny they redo the interview yeah you're In- like, you didn't get your time, so...
2: <laughs> Introducing the duck-tailed Shane Douglas. Right he says this is where the action is yeah. on the franchise. All franchise
3: It's ridiculous. <laughs> and
2: then the best part is Eddie Gilbert just like creeps up near him and yeah. he starts yelling. Yeah. And then Lord Humongous wanders over. Yeah, what the hell? Aren't they both heels? They are. And he intimidates Gilbert and Paul until Bruno wanders over to help control Humongous because he's right. like his handler. Yeah, he's like, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. They're our friends. Yeah. Meanwhile, this is funny. Charlie is just trying to interview Shane yeah, Douglas. Still. He's like, still. no, I just
3: want to do my interview. I believe this is the the time where he says something to the effect of like it's my first night i don't know what's going on here <laughs> yeah, like, I, i'm just here to yeah, be the franchise yeah
4: what i'm doing out here is i'm seeing some appalling things this is my first day in the
2: CDWF area here and uh
4: let's see man
1: do you mind we have tried this is the second time i'm trying to no, interview no, this I man no
2: charlie Paul says, it's a bad time, (laughs) like comedically, it's a bad time, we're going to leave, we're going to leave, so him and Eddie leave, Bruno tries to make sense of all of this, while Shane says he's glad to be here, and he leaves, then Lord pats Bruno on the back, and they leave, and we're back with another promo with the GI, and you ask me, is there
3: more wrestling on this show, or what? Yeah, this is where I really lose it with this, so after all that great stuff, you think, oh, man, just put on a match now, right? right. Like, you got me, you got, you got me the hooked. the It's like, you, you lulled, I figured, like, oh, it was intentional, they, like, lulled me into, like, not liking, right. or like, not <laughs> yeah. caring or whatever, and sure. then something, because that's how Paul always operated, like, if you watch the old ECWs, mm-hmm. like, the opening match blows ass, yeah. and then, like, all of a sudden, like, some guys start fighting in the parking lot, like, that's how ECW rolls, you right. know? yep. So, like, I just figured, oh, okay, so now there's gonna be some awesome match, right, because right. they got me hooked. But no, it's a sergeant guy, and he blast
2: on about inducting people and white the marks. Fuck is some this? Crap. this
3: guy is horrible. Jeff.
2: He says he's going to recruit Mark Young.
1: That's right. We have a inductee into the Honor Guard. Hey, shit.
2: <laughs> and then he shows us his, um, his big red monster, which uh, is not what you think it is. And it's
3: also not Kane. Yeah, it's not either of those things. It's a book. Yeah. It, it's the manual to the Honor Guard. Yeah, and I say, can someone kick this guy's ass he's uh, so, enough? He's a good enough. heel. He's a good heel. Can old dirty white boy come out and kill him? <laughs> like, just hit him with a beer
2: bottle or something? Uh, it gets worse because he brings Charlie Platt and Missy into the ring Ugh. as, like, some hip-hop army music starts playing. Terrible. Terrible. And this dweeb, Mark Young, wanders out. Yeah. Because we hope someone else wanders out. But this guy's got, like, a blue tank top and yeah. red short shorts. He looks like an idiot. <laughs> he looks horrible. <laughs> so he just sits in a chair. While Alan Martin, that referee guy that looks yeah. like
3: Eugene, the dweeby referee yeah. guy, yeah. he
2: wanders in and shake, and shaves Mark Young's head. What? And Why you, are they doing yeah. this? They had a good show. This is horrible. G.I. yelling the whole time. But the worst part of it, believe it or not. Isn't
3: this like the rest of the show, Joe? <laughs> yeah, I feel like much. it is.
2: The, the worst part of this whole thing <laughs> is that Missy is oh, breaking yeah. character character off camera like laughing the whole yeah, she's time like, <laughs> and then the camera like catches her laughing like, like in... multiple times Joe. and this isn't supposed to be funny and it's not there's yeah. nothing like it's not anything it's not entertaining there's either, no but... emotion here <laughs> yeah. right it's not funny it's not sad it's yeah. it's angering because it's still on maybe how about it
1: boy are you ready to be mean yes sir i can't hear you yes sir i can't hear you yes
2: sir gi says one more thing this guy's name isn't mark young it's Mark Pyle. Ugh.
3: What is this? That Sergeant Slaughter shit from like the early 80s. You remember where he would call everyone Gomer Pyle? It's a or, real Pyle. like pile. they would call him Gomer Pyle. Does it even
2: matter? It's so awful. And Missy can't even get a coherent sentence out, by the way. is this haircut is finally over. Mm. Is you, there any wrestling job? I don't know. Because like literally we're watching a guy get a haircut. Yeah. Like literally we watched a guy get his that entire was, like, head shaved. was entirely long. Like it was entirely too long. I mean, It, it was. Yeah. I will say though. Gomer Pyle over here looks a lot better with the haircut. He does. He He looks looks cool. (laughs) He looks cool. Charlie Platt has the line of the
3: show. (laughs) I
2: think we've seen more of this than anyone cares to see.
3: And I agree. Uh, Uh, Amen. Can we? I wish the show just ended. right there. Imagine if that was the end of the show. Throws the mic down. down, (laughs) Storms off. Turns (laughs) the lights off in the arena. (laughs) Get out of the farm center. Damn it.
2: (laughs) Arnold. No, but we're we're still going here. We go to Charlie with Tracy Smothers and Danny Davis. Ew. Yeah. Now, Danny Davis, the nightmare, Danny Davis here has a really bad like black star
3: makeup on yeah, his face. Yeah, he always has that. It looks like literally somebody took a dump on his face. Like, and there's like a stain of poo. Oh. Like, because it doesn't look like a star, just like a smudge of shit. It's, like, it's bad. blue shit. You're you're right. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. And they give like very
2: southern promos. Like, I'm gonna wrestle you. No, I'm gonna wrestle you. It's like, Shut
3: the fuck up and wrestle. No.
2: Nobody wrestles on this show! What are you talking about, wrestling? So, hey, we do have a match. It's Smothers and Steve Armstrong versus We Don't Know because they don't say. <laughs> yeah, great. Damned if I'm finding out. <laughs> and it's for the tag titles. What? <laughs> what? With three minutes left. <laughs> so then Missy botches a line and laughs about it. And next
4: week, we also have the 10,000 Golden Challenge match. Hot up Eddie Gilbert.
3: And. Um... <laughs> so professional over here. <laughs> She's great. She's so horrible. I know. Joe.
2: You can see the roof of this place. It looks like one of those old IHOPs. <laughs> yep, basically. And basically what we have here for these two and a half minutes is a nondescript wrestling match with drop kicks. And then we're
3: just out of time. So wait, there's been no wrestling, and they can't even finish this match. You're right. They had all this time. Instead, they're like Gomer Pyle getting his head shaved <laughs> and fucking beer bottles and Charlie Platt like hitting on Missy Hyatt as his glasses fog up. <laughs> fuck this show. Ah, fuck it.
2: Oh, uh, I agree with you. As the credits roll, we see um, a recap, basically, of the Pritchard Brawl, and we are reminded that CWF is a David Woods company, unfortunately. It's unfortunately for him. I agree with you, Quinn. Fuck this show. And the reason why is this. Look, when Quinn and I started, we were very averse, somewhat facetiously, to uh, Southern wrestling. We made yeah. fun of it a lot more <laughs> than we do. Jim Cornette in particular, but any of this wrestling and, you know, oh, Alabama, <laughs> and I still like to do that. Yeah. However, you know, <laughs> as we've grown so much and matured, you know, so much, Quinn, yeah. over this uh, year and three months, we um we have expanded our horizons to new horizons. Yes, like uh, Ricky the Dragon there. <laughs> yes, and have decided to, you know, embrace all different types of wrestling, even the southern. And the last episode of Continental that we watched um, many episodes ago was damn good. And yeah, it, it's so good that I sought out Con-
3: like yes. I was watching Continental on my own time. Yes, he was. I remember this. Yeah. So when not it came, this era? No, no, no.
2: So when it came review time, Quinn really wanted to do this specific episode of CWF that he stumbled I saw upon. Paul
3: Heyman on sure. there, and I was like, oh, what's this? This looks fun.
2: So I geared myself up, and I'm sure Quinn did too, for some nice southern rap. I wanted to see some good, like gritty, brawly realistic, brawly, bloody yeah. you know, this matters type of shit. Now we got some of that, but not enough. We got about three minutes of it. That yeah. was the problem. And what what we got beyond that was Missy Hyatt. Like, of all episodes, Ugh.
3: we had to get the golden goose here. I have never seen anything with her where she was good, and I still don't get what that was about. Like, other than that she was hot for, like, the time period, but there was girls that were just as pretty as her, like, so, like, I don't understand, she's not talented. Not really. It's one thing to be a pretty face, but, like, you also have to, like, perform right. on an entertainment show. Pains me to say
2: this, but even Sable was more entertaining right. than Missy Hyatt, and right. I do not like Sable.
3: Like, I want to like Missy Hyatt. Some There's, like, times where I'm me literally, too. like, I'm like, she seems like a nice girl and stuff, and, yeah. like, w- but she's just always bad. Like always.
2: Okay. Well, I mean that's that's kind of how I feel about this show. I didn't care. It was
3: hard. Yeah. It wasn't good. Right. It was a bad show, but I love the Dr. Tom dirty white boy. Feud. I can't say how much it was dragged down by Missy though. Like she really is like probably the
2: Achilles heel of this show. She didn't help put anything over. Yeah. And she really didn't help like make the show run better or right. smoother. Or anything. I felt
3: like Platt was trying, but like she, at every turn she kept like screwing up and like, there's nothing he can do about that.
2: So is that your number one complaint about yes, the show? Missy, she
3: was really, really awful. I'd say she was really bad. And the lack of
2: actual wrestling. Right. Was like, I wanted to see like at least one good match you know something
3: tells me that they were too busy screwing around with Missy Hyatt I don't know like no but like trying to make like this flirting shit and trying to have her on the screen at all times by the way if you notice because she was in the interview she is on a lot of stuff like they were trying to insert her because oh Missy Hyatt's here right and she's beautiful and blah 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 but like Ugh! it's just no this is continental it's not time for that well you're right quinn but it is
2: time it is time for us to wrap up now uh, (laughs) as we close out another episode of our vantage Boy: the retro wrestling podcast thank you so much guys for being with us now remember we're coming back on thursday Yes We have Raw 25 to do Oh big big show there Big show And maybe even The big show We'll be talking about Hopefully he's not there (laughs) So folks Thank you so much For being with us Be sure to check us out This upcoming Thursday January 11th For our Raw 25th Anniversary special And then after that Of course On the 15th For episode number 65 In the meantime Reach us on Twitter At OVP Podcast You can email us At OVP Podcast At gmail.com Join the Facebook group Leave us a review On iTunes And if you want to donate Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. That's all I've got to say. Stay warm and safe wherever you are. Have a good rest of your next few days, but we will see you Thursday. See ya.
4: Continental Wrestling Federation presents the Roads of to Birmingham Tour in the search for one true CWF champion. Catch the action. Wednesday, May 25th, Chickasaw, Alabama. Chickasaw Auditorium, 8 p.m. Thursday, May 26th, Newside, Alabama. High School Gym, 8 p.m. Friday, May 27th, Parish, Alabama. Old High School Gym, 8 p.m. Tuesday, May 31st, Moulton, Alabama. Lawrence County Coliseum, 8 p.m. Saturday, June 4th, New Brockton, Alabama. Farm Center, 8 p.m. Tuesday, June 7th, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. McDonald Hughes Community Center, 8 p.m. Thursday, June 9th, Freeport, Florida, High School Gym, 8 p.m. Friday, June 10th, Mariana, Florida, National Guard Armory, 8 p.m. Tuesday, June 14th, Jimison, Alabama, Central Alabama Music Park, 7 p.m. Thursday, June 16th, Carbon Hill, Alabama, Junior High School Gym, 8 p.m. It's the Road to Birmingham Tour in your area. Don't miss it. I think we've seen all of this. Anyone
1: cares to see